Welcome to Real Jam Radio. I am Daniel Rue, your host, so happy to have you with us for this episode. As expected and anticipated, this is the Western Conference part of the Overunder podcast that I did with Arturo Goletti, who is now doing work for Daily Roto now, helping with their NBA product. And we've done this as an annual tradition, and the Eastern Conference one was was really long, was over two hours, and guess what? So is the Western Conference one. So we go through a lot of different topics. I mean, over-under, obviously, for every team, but then Rookie of the Year, Division, Conference, Title Odds, depending on whether that's relevant or not, and all of the issues that relate to that. So plenty of good material to discuss. And this episode is brought to you by Bombfell, a great way to get men's clothes. You can go to bombfell.com slash realgm to get $25 off your first order. And I heartily encourage you to check it out. And again, this one will have timestamps. I like doing that with these ones where we cover so many teams. So you can check those out in the episode description or wherever you really listen to this. So hopefully you enjoy it. Check it out. The one part of, well, there are many parts of this that I enjoy, but one of the fun things is going bottom and top both times is now we talk about the bottom of the Western Conference, which is substantially different than the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Well, I mean, I think the incentives are similar, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's particularly because of the top of the West so uh, so top-heavy and so daunting that even these teams, like, that even if you don't have an incentive to tank, it's going to be really hard for you to kind of, like, get over the hump on this. And actually, I think it's really interesting because, like, at least the Vegas odds that we're seeing reflect a bit of a changing of the guard, like, particularly in the mid-carters, the middle of the, the, middle of the road for the West. Uh, which is really interesting to me. We'll, we'll get to it, and like I have some disagreements with this as well, but we'll we'll talk we'll talk about it. it it's going to be interesting. But we'll begin with the Phoenix Suns. The Suns have yes. either a twenty-seven and a half or twenty-eight and a half over/under, depending on where you go. They could be better than that. I think the Suns, at full strength, if they were to play their best lineups and really push it, they could they could be better than that. But I think there are two big things to consider. One is they could move some of their guys, like Eric Bledsoe. They could absolutely trade him during the season. And then the second part is I think they've prioritized enough of the youth movement that they're going to be playing guys like Marquise Chris, whether they're good or not, and that's going to weigh them down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, who's the best player on this team? If he's playing Eric Bledsoe, absolutely. Is he playing for Phoenix in February? <laughs> Probably not. To me, the the most frustrating part about the Eric Bledsoe situation is that we all kind of know where this is going, that he's going to be on the team, and the Suns are going to realize that they're not competitive, and they're going to be like, oh, crap, we need to move this guy, and they're going to get way less for him than if they would have done that a year or two ago. And instead, okay. they tanked the end of last year by sitting him, even though they kept him on their roster. And so it's just like, they're not a playoff team. Like, it was just, it's such a big tactical error. And, you know, Devin Booker's wonderful. Yeah, he scored a bunch of points in in the game against Boston. But he's abysmal defensively, and his scoring is a little bit inconsistent. So I think Bledsoe's the better overall player. But, you know, maybe this is the year Devin Booker overtakes him. But even if he does, they're still not good. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the upside. We get to watch Eric Bledsoe for the Spurs in the playoffs. No response to that? Oh, God. No, I, no I'm th- I was thinking about what kind of asset they're going to get for Bledsoe, because I assume what they're going to prioritize is a draft pick in some form. Yeah, and no, the Spurs, the Spurs fans are going to hate me for this, but like the Spurs have that Tony Parker expiring contract hanging around that they can use as a trade asset for this like, and throw some stuff in there. And if you're going to get the value... Like, well, yeah, you'd, were, do, you'd be Parker, their first-round pick, and maybe one of their young guards, like maybe Derek White, because I think DeJounte is probably too good for that. But yeah, something it's there, like... Because I don't think... That it's not going to be the Pelicans. I don't think the Pelicans have anything kind of, they can kind of throw at it. I And it, Bledsoe has to go to a good team, right? And so... I mean, well, I mean I, the, the, the place that I've thought of with him before has been the Pistons. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, so what are, what are they moving back? Are they sending back oh, drums? Our first-round pick, salary filler, that sort of thing. Are, is it Reggie Jackson and salary filler? Like, say, no, it's not, I know. I, I, I'd say a first-round pick and salary filler. Maybe maybe if they if, if they were unhappy with Tobias Harris or they felt Stanley was doing. But can you imagine an Eric Bledsoe, Avery Bradley backcourt? That'd be so much fun. Oh, yeah, Avery's on the Pistons. Man, that mm-hmm. would be kind of insane defensively. That Like, if you have those two guys, Drummond and Boban, that's... Although you probably have to again, you probably have to move Drummond to get blood, so maybe. So no, it, I don't think you would. I also am not completely sure that the Suns would be falling all over themselves to get Drummond because he's been kind of disappointing. Well, we'll see. Anyway, I agree with your general point though about with, with Bledsoe, and I think that this this is finally going to be the year that the Suns realize what they are and just kind of embrace it a little bit. Move him. Maybe they try to move on from Tyson Chandler or Jared Dudley or something like that. They could if they want to, but. I see that. I, I, I think this is under. There's a part of me that wouldn't want to play it because I could see, you know, this working just a little bit better, but I think I will play it. Yeah, we're, I mean, like, I, I, I'm kind of feeling, I'm kind of feeling Tyson Chandler getting, like, a buyout and, like, like getting another ring with the Warriors or something along those lines. Uh, he seems, he seems like a guy who would be a great fit on the end of that bench. Where are you on Devin Booker as a good player or a bad player? He's not a good player now. He could be a better player later. I agree with that. I mean, he, he got 70, but, like, got to have some context on when he got that 70 and how he got that 70. As I said, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of, like, upside on this team. Their over-under is set at 27.5 and 28.5, and, and they won 24 last year. Do we think this team is four wins better than they were last year? Probably not. I mean, tanking with their, like, the way they tanked so aggressively probably swings that a couple of games. So if you're saying, are they two games better? Yeah, they're probably two or three games better, but not not necessarily four. But those same incentives that led to them doing that last year are in place this year, maybe even stronger this year. Yeah, it's like they also have the Miami pick, but I don't think it's going to be any good. So now they're on. I think they're going to move Bledsoe. I think they're better off. They're better off moving Bledsoe for assets, which would fit better. The thing about the Suns that's really weird is that they're actually not that shallow, but they're, they're not, not really deep in a way that's useful. So, like, they have TJ Warren. I really like TJ Warren, but I don't really know how he fits in. It seems like they're going to prioritize jo- Josh Jackson. Seems like they're going to prioritize Marquise Chris. I would, I would love to. I would love TJ. TJ Warren's one of those guys that, like, remember I said? I think I mentioned this in the Eastern podcast where, like, he plays next to like terrible defenders. So his numbers are actually like worse than he should be. I'd love him on another team where he didn't have to be terrible. Like their best permitted player per my numbers is Tyson Chandler, and Tyson Chandler's old. I mean, maybe Alan Williams, but Alan Williams is like a role player. So like right now they're not a there isn't anybody good on this team currently. Like that like there's going to be good next year uh, for an extended period. Right, so, and, I mean, and watching Marquise Chris in summer league, you weren't thinking, oh, he's going to make such a big leap this year. Like oh, he's going to figure it out. Bender, you know, same kind of issues. Like it feels like this is. This is another kind of like lost season, but maybe this is the year that they fall and far enough that they're able to get the guy who can help catalyze everything else. Yeah, but they need to move like Bledsoe needs to get moved, Chandler needs to get released probably, or like moved as well. I mean, yeah, I mean they this isn't good, but I mean let's get to the picks on this because I think we spent enough time on this. I think I think we're both under. The question is, do we want to play that under for this for this team? I think I'll play it. I think the the prospect of them tanking it and just the idea that I think they'll be a little bit they'll be far enough out of the west picture at that at the trade deadline that it will be obvious what they need to do. Given that it's 24 and a, that's that, that I've getting I'm getting an extra win so it's 20 and a half, I'm going to go play but I'm like reluctant play on this. Yeah, it's a reluctant play. It's it's definitely one of the tougher calls, one of the tougher calls that I made. What about oh, what about Josh Jackson for your rookie of the year? Nope, doesn't score. Non-scores don't don't win rookie of the year. Even twenty to one. Nope, 
Wouldn't touch okay. it. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I asked He's the a question. Good, I, I, don't, I, I, I certainly think he. I certainly think he could be a good player, but rookie of the year is not the sort of award for him. Just like he would never win six man of the year for the same reason, like Iguodala didn't or something like that. It's just not the type of player he is. You mean the, the, best, the best score off the bench award? Yeah, best score off the bench award. Let's go to Sacramento. Sacramento a little bit fascinating. So they won thirty two games last year. Played you know about half the season with Demarcus Cousins, a little more than that actually because. People think of the trade deadline as the halfway point. It absolutely is not. It's later than it's that. Past. Yeah, we're past. And that. so Vegas set their set their over under at either twenty seven and a half or twenty eight and a half. And this is a complicated one because their team is so different. But I think this is a pretty good line. And so what I would do is I would go over, but stay away because I think they're a little better than this. But I would never play this. So do we? So basically, the best player is George Hill now. And they've got no. Zebo, but it's old Zebo. And I don't know. I mean, how do we feel about Buddy Heald? Willie Collins? Oh, God. But, but they have, like, see, the thing about them that's interesting is they have a lot of different guys, and they have a coach that is really going to want to push a little bit. And so I think as long, like, playing De'Aaron Fox, playing Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think could be an important part for them. I'm not sure if he's going to start or come off the bench. It'll kind of depend on where they run is, with the rest of their lineups. Is, is Vince Carter the second best guard on the scene? Well, I mean, maybe because rookie point guards always are bad. Like maybe that maybe that you could say that it's not going to be De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox is the second most talented, but whether he's good or not this year is an open question. But what the other so so going back to the point though, the thing that I like about Sacramento is that they do have a lot of things they can throw at the dartboard. So like Holly Stein, not my favorite, but they have Scal. Scal's intriguing. They have Zebo. I think they could end up being kind of a good bad team, partially because they care and partially because they're a little bit better. But I could also, of course, see the bottom dropping out of it. And this the is bo- a team, like, I get your your adage about how the under is always the better play is probably the reason why I'm going to be wrong with this one, but I'm still okay saying the over and and fading it for that reason. Uh, you're under fade? Um, under, I'm, I'm over fade. Oh, you're over fade. I'm under, and the reason I'm under is because they don't own their pick in 2019. They own their pick in 2018. So this is the chance they have to get another yeah, lottery but, talent. But if they the were program. smart about that, they wouldn't have spent money the way that they did. You know, like that, also, that's this team is immune. This team is immune to that pressure. They just don't what, care. What is the over under on this team making another terrible trade this year? Don't they make one every year? Well, so what are the, what's, let's say what are the, what is the percentage chance? I yeah. actually think it's lower than you think. Probably like 25 to 40%, somewhere in that range. Because there's, they just don't have that many ways to do it. They're not. They can't trade this pick. They can't trade the 2018 first round pick. And there aren't that many guys on their team that are assets. So if the so if the Sacramento Kings front office is listening, you realize they're going to take this as a challenge. They're going to figure out a way to like just make a terrible trade. I'm under. I'm trying to decide whether I'm fade or like play on this because again, I think their incentive is to tank. And try, so I think they're going to wind up around the 24, 25 mark because one, they don't have any talent, and two. They're going to need to be playing terrible to get like a lottery, like a high lottery pick, and I think the that division is so tough, so so tough that I think that the wins are going to have to come from them. Like, is it a fade or play for me? Like, they don't have boogie. I don't know that <laughs> their coach is good, but they're going to want to tank, and their off on offense is terrible. I would go under fade. You're going over fade. I would go under fade. I don't trust yeah. myself enough. I, this is the Kings. I don't trust it enough to go under because the number is really low. It's twenty-seven and a half. Like twenty-eight and a half is what I would have to go. And I don't love like that. You number. can you can be pretty bad and win twenty-eight games or twenty-nine. Well, see, depending on which here's the thing: I don't trust this front office to realize that they need to tank and they go like they they they're, they're like they're going to push for thirty-one wins, which we've done before. 
And it's yeah, like, why that's, that's exactly what I think is going to happen this year. I think they're yeah, going to win like 30. Why are you winning 30 games when you just... just oh, just... oh, it's completely insane. But that's what I think is going to happen. But we can... we can. Oh, I don't think either of us has much no, of a no, feeling no, about, no. De'Aaron, about De'Aaron Fox winning no. Rookie of the Year. No. I think... No, no 10 well, to 1. Actually, so who's, getting, who's scoring the points on this team? Hill, Bogdanovich... I mean, there will be points for De'Aaron Fox, but I, I also the other concern with it is we don't know for sure that he's going to start or that he's going to have the ball in his hands primary. I mean, I think George Hill is going to be the primary ball handler, even if Fox starts. Do you think George Hill ends the season in Sacramento? Yes, I think he ends this season there, and then I'm not sure he starts next season there. Like, yeah, I think I, he, I think he ends the, I think he ends the seventeen eighteen season there, but I'm not sure he starts the eighteen nineteen. The, the Spurs have a trade that can make work to get George Hill, right? Probably. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they do, but I, I think that their ambitions, at least at the start of next summer, are going to be higher than that. That's a move that maybe they could make in late, mid to late July, not a move they make in June or early July. I don't want to spend too much more time on Sacramento. I think the next team is a little more interesting than that. So the Lakers, they won 26 games. The Lakers won 26 games last season, and the Vegas set their line at 32.5 or 33.5. So do we think the Lakers and the models don't really love the Lakers? But I think in large part because, like, the way the model's set up, the model goes to a baseline play for the rookies and how the rookies have played for the particular team. And the Lakers have been coached terribly over the last five seasons. Hey, Byron Scott. Hi. Hi. And I think they're actually much better coached now. So I actually think the Lakers, that 32.5 number is intriguing to me as an over for the Lakers. Because, and, and here's why, right? So I love the guys they brought in. Right, I love, I love, 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 love ball, but that's not the only guy I love. I actually think the best, the best pick of the entire first round might have been, might have been Josh Hart at thirty. I think that was a the Lakers should not have gotten him at thirty. I think they did that. That was great. I think Pope was really good. I like Lopez for for value. I actually think this is a really interesting, and it's a, this is a way better team than it was last year, and I think it's a team that's much better run than it was last year. Well, um, so there there are a couple of big things along those lines with being better run. One is they have zero tanking incentive because while there's protection involved for other teams, there is no protection involved for the Lakers side of it. They're losing their pick. And they have a huge incentive to win because their front off because their front office is trying to sell themselves on other free agents. You know, they're trying to get one or two max guys in the summer of twenty eighteen and so them doing better in that way. So they can't really sell sell the future to, to make the present, but they can kind of work in that direction. So I think that it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with it. But just the sheer lack of incentive to tank, I think is going to push them up a little bit. I would not bet this either way. I wouldn't bet the under, I wouldn't bet the over. I'm so I'm going to stay away, but I'm going to take the under just because I think 33 is a, is a lot of wins, you know, like so for for the sake of comparison, Dallas won 33 last year. And yeah, they started out the season as a disaster, but I think that would be a pretty good year for the Lakers. So they certainly could go over, that's why I'm fading this and not playing it, but I'm going to go under. I, I like the over. I mean, I like the over and the fade. I think you like the under and the fade. And I was like, I think part of the reason is here's the thing. I really liked what I saw when like when Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball were on the court running the uh, offense for the Lakers in summer league. That looked really good. Those guys are both really experienced and really good, and they can see the court and they can do things. So having that level of smart at the guard position, plus they got a KCP, 
Plus, they've got Walton, who's really good. So they've got a lot of smart at running the ball and running the offense. I think that, and you've got a couple of rookies that are like, or a couple of like younger guys that are going to come up, makes it really interesting. As you said, I mean, this team has no incentive to tank. In fact, it's the opposite. They're going to want to win. They're going to make it attractive. And here's the thing. I actually think the Lakers are going to be one of the more fun uh, league pass teams this next season because like, I think it's just going to be really fun, really up-tempo. Again, they're trying to sell this team to LeBron. They're trying to sell this team to Paul George. And they're going to basically try. I mean, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be an over. And I, at 32 and a half, where would you, if you pick a number out of the air, where would you put the Lakers win total next? 31. I'm, I'm like at 32. So like I'm, I'm, I'm over. Like I'm 32, 33. So I think that the, the over is a real is a good bet. I'm staying away a little bit because I don't know they're, they're, there's too many ifs here. But like if I was betting it, I would definitely take the over. They're um, also relying a lot on young guys. I mean, yeah, they do have KCP and and Brooke Lopez, but I mean, Lonzo's young, Julius Randle's still young, Brandon Ingram's still young. The rookies, Kuzma and Hart, and while the Lakers are going to try to win, I also think they're not going to totally sacrifice playing those guys. You know, I think Zubac is still going to get minutes, and I like Zubac. I, th- I think that they can, they can make this work. But if they have to choose between like burying a young guy and playing him, even if he's not particularly great, I think they're going to choose to play that guy, even if they lose a win or two. Because while they aren't trying to tank, they also aren't zo- zoned in on like we have to win every game possible. You think they're, I mean, I think they're trading Jordan Clarkson at some point. I, I think they want to, but whether they can or not is, is a big question, and then whether they want to... Yeah, and I mean, uh, so so that's actually an interesting point that I've thought about making before. Is like, to me, if the Lakers do a move in season, I, my expectation is that it makes them worse, because I'm thinking that the reason that they do it is to try to clear space for, for next summer. So that's kind of a different way of, of thinking about it for this team, Don't but I think it... I mean, I think I think the move they would make is probably Ingram and like it's Clarkson and it's like probably Carson. And I think Ingram. it's Clarkson and Rand. I think it's Clarkson and Randall for like expiring contracts if they could pull it off. But I've been working on a piece and I think that's very difficult to do. Because here's, again, here's the thing: it's like I kind of think that like right now Clarkson is their fourth best guard going forward. Well, right? uh, I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take the young guys some time to figure out. But I do not love Jordan Clarkson. I have no love lost for him. Yeah, again, I'm really, I mean, I'm really, I mean, I'm the guy who's really high on Josh Hart. I can't believe they got him at 30 with that. Like, like for people who follow the draft, here's the thing. Um, if you get a, a guy in the 30th spot, you get the cheapest guaranteed contract you can possibly get in the NBA. So if you get a guy who's actually good at the 30, that's a super valid contract. If you get him at the 31st, you're not getting him on a, you're not getting him on a fixed rate for the next seven years. You're getting him basically on a non-guaranteed deal, and then you have to re-up him if he's any good. At the 30, it's perfect it's a wonderful pick to have because again it is the cheapest rate you can get for somebody in the nba coming into the nba the other thing we have to talk about is lonzo mvp odds or sorry not mvp rookie of the year mvp is is a little bit past this danny but you can't you can't do that when i'm having a drink like if i'm drinking my soda when you say that you almost made me like just spit all over the place when you said MVP odds. no i mean like yeah he's three to one to win the, the to win the rookie of the year and everybody should just like have like like just spread it on the dollars on that Trust me, you'll feel good about it. Yeah, he, that three to one is just free money to me. I think so. I, I don't think that's free money because I actually don't think he's the most likely rookie of the year. I have somebody ahead of him, but I, I think he, that's a very reasonable bet. I think I think he's something like fifty to sixty percent to win. And then the other guy, we're thinking we'll talk about him. We both love him, and we, you're going to bet two people for for rookie of the year, and, and Lonzo's one at three to one. And like, yeah, I, think, gonna, I think you could totally justify betting on both of those guys and thinking yeah, that overall you're going to make money. Yeah. 
you're gonna get three to one on one of them, and you get what is it four and a half to one on the other, and you're gonna be very happy because like the likelihood that one of the that somebody else wins is minuscule. It's gonna be one of these two guys. And Bet if, on both and if, those and if one of those guys doesn't win, that means the Sixers are awesome, and then you win that way too. If you're, yeah, because, if you're a big bet. Because you're you're betting the Sixers at ten to one. I agree with you. It's like you bet the Sixers at ten to one. You bet Lonzo at Lonzo is three to one, right? For, for rookie, I'm, I'm seeing that right. Checking. It's three yeah. You to can one you can Lonzo. get him at you can get him at three to one. Yeah, three That's to one. That's the best I get. The best I've seen. Slam Lonzo at three to one. Slam it. Just like don't even think about it. Also because his dad is going to do such a job. Like itself. his dad is the best. Well, and he'll like, and and he'll have highlights. And being on the West Coast, you know, yeah, there'll be the Warriors games, but there he'll get plenty of attention. The Lakers are going to be on national TV a lot, and his counting stats are going to be good because the Lakers are going to run a lot and. Somebody's gonna. He might not score a ton, and that's the reason actually why why he's I mean, not gonna do it. But yeah, so this is a good tie-in to go from him into the next team, which is Dallas, who has the guy that I that I think is going to win Rookie of the Year, which is Dennis Smith. The reason why I think Dennis Smith is going to win Rookie of the Year is because I think he's a better scorer than Alonzo is, and I think that's going to really resonate. And his he has a different flavor of highlight because it's more dunks than passes. But Dennis Smith is just electrifying, and I think he could be special. And I think there's a, a meaningful chance that Dallas is a little bit better than the Lakers, and so that'll help out too. He won't get as many national TV games. But yeah, as I'm running the basic math on it in my head, if you could get you can get Dennis Smith, the best odds that I'm seeing are uh, 92 would be the best, or even if it's... Up. That's four and a half to one. So we're getting yeah, it's four and a half to one. Yeah. So if you're getting, getting him at four, you get him at four and a half to one. You get Lonzo at three to one. One of those two guys is going to win, and you'll make money. Yeah. If you so if you bet that if you bet Dennis Smith at four and a half to one, if you bet Lonzo at three to one, and you bet the Sixers at ten to one, you're good. You're covered. That's ten to one to win the, to win the uh, to win the division. So if you've got those three things, then you're kind of covering it because as we said, like if the Sixers win the division. That means either Markel Futz or Ben Simmons just went completely insane, and they won fifty games. So like one or of them, even, yeah. I mean, or even if you do like a hundred on Lonzo, a hundred on Dennis Smith. So like at that at that point, so if Lonzo wins, then you're getting then you're getting three hundred dollars back, and if Dennis Smith wins, then you're getting four hundred and fifty four hundred fifty dollars yes. back. So you're, you're so so either you're way, either way. So even if you spend two hundred on that. You're still coming away with something, which is, yeah, I mean, I think that's good, but we can use that to get into Dallas. Dallas won 33 last year. They started out the year just so horrendously. Dirk played in, I believe, was 55 games last, 54 games last year. Noel joined the team halfway through and was kind of buried in it. I like their over. I would still a stay away, a fade for me, but I like the over. Who's the best player on the Mavericks? This year, it'll probably be Harrison Barnes. Maybe Dirk, maybe no. I mean, they have a lot of guys that are under consideration, but I'd say HB. Wow. Is it Seth Curry? Is it Noel? It could be. I mean, well, actually, here's the thing. It might be Dennis Smith Jr. I think think it's going to take Dennis a year to figure all of it out, like, defensively. So he might, but but he's going to be awesome. I think your argument for Dennis Smith Jr. is that, like, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to look like the best player on the Mavericks for pretty much the entire season. Like, everything I've seen from him leads me to think that he's going to look like the guy in Dallas. He might not actually be the guy, but I was going to mention, like, so <clears throat> all the nerds are going to love uh, Lonzo, and they already do, and all the kind of, like, eye test guys are going to love Dennis Smith Jr. And I actually, here's the thing, I think he's good, and I'm really kind of surprised he went as low as he did. Like, the, the ninth pick is, like, kind of, It was what? a huge mistake. It was, it was, I had him third on my board. I felt confident in him being third on my board, and to see him fall to ninth, not only falling behind two other guards, but all the other forwards that just to me didn't have nearly as high a ceiling. And you know, you I, there's 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 a, there's a way to there's a way to fall in love with Jason Tatum. There's a way to fall in love with Josh Jackson. But Dennis Smith is special. 
Yeah, would you rather have him or Fultz? Dennis Smith or Fultz? Fultz. Yeah. Fultz to me was number like, and and part of that is because Dennis Smith has a more combustible personality. So like, would, there's but on give, physical talent, it's close. It's it, close. on the on the given the flaws and the the things that I saw that like were like red flags for Fultz. I thought Dennis Smith was the better prospect. It doesn't mean that I think Fultz is bad. I think Dennis Smith was the better prospect. I would definitely have Dennis Smith Jr. before uh, Fultz. I would definitely have him before Tatum. I think the only guy I was higher on, like, again, I'm picking a draft board for the Celtics 3, was Isaac. So I was either Isaacs or Dennis Smith, assuming Ball and Fultz were off the board. And for different But reasons. you had Lonzo over Dennis Smith, right? Yeah, I had, I had Lonzo. Lonzo was, per my, my model, was like the best prospect since Anthony Davis, basically. Wow. Yeah, because like his numbers for like his age in in the he was the best player in the NCAA, and the last time a rookie was the best player in the NCAA as a rookie was Anthony Davis. You know, I think again, I, I I've watched a ton of film on him, I watched a ton of games on him, and you could see that there were times when he like the reason he couldn't make the play was his teammates just weren't good enough for him to make. The, he was he was seeing the angles, they just weren't good enough for him. And I think he's again, I think he's going to be. His floor is the highest of any of the guys just because, like, the skill that he has means that, like, at minimum, he's going to be kind of, like, a good player. His ceiling is kind of insane. It's interesting. Like, I think that his floor is a little bit lower just because I'm terrified of his defense. You know, he's a smart defender, but his physical limitations there are a little bit of a concern. And then I think that when you get into better athletes in the NBA, he'll be an incredible passer, no doubt Danny, about it. How, yeah. how, tall, how tall is he? He's 6'5", maybe 6'6". Okay. He's a six-six guy with crazy court vision. Like, if there's a guy who's too fast for him, that's fine. He doesn't need to guard the one. He can guard the two. Well, yeah. That my eventual my, my vision for him is that he's eventually a two. I think that's yeah. what I like a def- defensively and maybe offensively as well. Just depending he's on also, how it works. He's also too fast for the big guard and too tall for the small guard. So he's going to be a matchup problem on defense. Like just just on size. Never mind the rest of his game, but like he physically is a problem because you almost have to guard him with a three, and he might be too fast for a three, right? And he has too much core vision. So I think that like that's kind of underrated. It's like so if he's there and he's like effective offensively, like who the hell do you guard him with that has the right combination? There's not a lot of players that have the right combination of size and quickness to guard him, right? So this is why I'm kind well, of thinking. Like, so so team. here's here's my counter to that. I don't think Lonzo, as a scorer, uses his height a ton. I think that he, you know, as a passer, obviously, obviously he does. But I don't think putting a six foot two guy on him, it'll, of course, it'll hurt you as as, as a distributor. But Lonzo's going to do that no matter what. But I don't think he's going to be posting that guy up. I don't think that he's going to be shooting over him. I don't think he's going to be using that guy like a ball rack. So yeah, not, I agree. The point on that is not yet. Like, young players don't do that. LeBron didn't do that until after that 2011 Mavs series. That's how, like, basically the Mavs beat the Heat team because they just put a small guy in front of them. They just counter on LeBron not using his physicality. Eventually, guys learn that. I think this guy... Yeah, but, I, I think mean, LeBron was a, a miles different of a caliber of an athlete than Lonzo. I don't, like, he, LeBron, LeBron's, just, LeBron's probably the greatest athlete for its... You mean, it's LeBron and Wilt probably as the greatest athletes for their size in the history of the league. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is, like, basically, I think eventually that post game is going to come because he's just that smart that he's going to figure it out. That basically, yeah, like... It might like, be, like, five years. There's, there's, there's going to be, like, maybe, what, two guards on the league that can actually cover him? Because I think it's a lot team. higher than that. I think it's more like twenty. Once again, once he figures out the size thing, that's going to be the key. It's the Joe Johnson backing down. I'm too tall for you, right? So you need to get a bigger man on me, and then that creates a mismatch. 
So, again, this is why that and his vision, like even on defense, and it was happening in summer league, he was breaking up passes because he would see the play and he would just basically go to where the ball was going to be and just break the hell out of the sets for the other team. It's like if the other team was running dumb sets, he would he was immediately on that. And this is why I think his ceiling is high because it's it's the same thing where like the guys who can see that can basically just completely disrupt the offense for the other team because if you're running a set play, they just get to the right spot, disrupt the pass, and just go with that. Right, and I saw him a couple times in summer league and in college, where like he would read the set and then like make the cut, and then they would get into another set, and he would read it again, and just like completely like if the other point guard doesn't know what he's doing, then he's going to get into people's head. And I think that's that's what raises well, yeah. mental his mentally. Like he's smart, but he's also fast and has good instincts, so he'll be in the right place a lot more often. Like that's the part of him, and he's tall. That I like more than Ben Simmons. Simmons is you know Simmons is way taller, and that's great. But Lonzo, his instincts are way better, and I think that's really important. Yeah, basically, I mean, that's why, I mean, like, I think he was the easiest canvas. Faults had the kind of the the red flags of his team wasn't that great, and he did have some flaws in his game. He's also really young, but he's also really good as well. I mean, I think, and again, Smith was the more polished and, like, of of him in faults. And then, uh, you know, and again, we also love, we said this, we love Isaacs because Isaacs is a guy who's, like, tall and can do things, and at worst, he's a... You know, he's the third guy who's like the role player who's doing di- different things. And he might actually, you know, he used to be a point guard. He, he has the skills of ball handling. And he might grow into, like, being a center. Like, you take the, the, the guy who's almost seven feet tall who can do things and play defense, that guy's going to have value in the NBA. You don't need to have the superstar. You can have the guy who does things. But right? well, let's, get back to the, a, let's get back to the Mavericks. So I said over, but I wouldn't play it. Where are you on that? I think, I think Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be the best player on this team. I think this team might be in the tank. I don't think this team is better than. Are they better? Do you think they're better than they are they were last year? Yeah, I do. Whoa. So, so their 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 age related regression is basically just Dirk because and Dirk only played in fifty four games last year. Like Noel, I think Noel is better than the center options they had last year, especially when Bogut really didn't work. So they went with that. So Noel is going to be better there, and then a lot of their other guys are young. So like you know, I don't think Seth Curry is going to be a lot better than last year, but he could be there. They added Dennis Smith on top of all their other point guards, and I think he'll be better so than a we, lot of them. Are we over, both overfade on the team? I think so. I think we're both overfade. I think overfade. I, we don't like the division odds. We don't like the conference odds, and we don't like the uh, the title odds for anything. We like we love. I have slammed Lonzo at three to one and slammed DSJ at four and a half to one for rookie of the year. I think those are like that's it. Those two things and play the ten to one on the Sixers, and I think you're kind of covered on the rookie rookie of the year. And, and honestly, to me, you could even not play the ten to one on the Sixers and still be fine. I mean, it's not you, you, even if you lose a even if you lose a little bit on that, you lost to something amazing. Like that's really the way that it works. I was like the ten to one on the Sixers is, is, is another thing. Like that's that's <laughs> it's a that fun bet fun. though. Like the, yeah, let's go to Memphis. So Memphis last year they won forty three games. The biggest change that happened with them is that they just got shallower. Like you know they lost Zebo, they lost Tony Allen, and that's going to be a big concern. So this is one that I've really vacillated on. And Tony Allen leaving, and so now they don't really have that perimeter defender. That and my queasiness about whether Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley are both going to stay healthy. I'm still fading this, but I, I'm fading the under. So basically, they're four, 143 games last year. They're at 37.5 and 38.5. I've been kind of thinking and smelling the demise of this team. I think if we go back to the over-under podcast last year, I was smelling the demise of this team was coming. And I think it's kind of here. Do we think that Marcus Gasol is playing for the Grizzlies at, in February? I, I think that... Oof. See, the problem is his contract is a little bit onerous. And so unless he ages better than I think, 
I think he is playing on the team, but I'm not super sold on it. Is Conley playing on the team? Yes, because it's way too hard to trade him. He makes a lot of money. So basically, they're they're stuck on that. I think here's the thing. I think that 38 number is right. I would probably put them slightly over because I don't think do they have an incentive to tank? They have an incentive to tank in 2019, right? Oh, that's but right. I, this is this is the in between year. You're right. This is the year where they don't. You're, I had I had it crossed up in my own brain. So this is the year where they have they pick no matter what. So this is like the, I think they're probably tanking the year after that. So they have an incentive to tank in 2019 and to tank in 2020. Because that's where their pick is protected for one to eight and one to six, right? And they're unprotected in twenty twenty one. So I kind of think they play hard this year. I'm kind of on the over, but fade because I think their their, their division is so rough. So I would be over them, but like I mean, over at like like thirty nine and forty. I don't think they're going to win a, lot, a ton of games. This is not the same team that you had last year. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going under. I'm not I'm not going to play it, but I think I'm probably more confident in the under than you are in the over. And also, I don't like any of their other odds. You know, like th- to me, they're not going to win their division. Their division's no. way too strong, or anything like that. So, and they don't have a rookie of the year. One thing I will mention though, that I didn't talk about this on, on any other podcast about Memphis, that I will give them credit for. You know, Hollinger in their front office. They made a lot of bets, like a lot of a lot of lottery ticket bets on wings, Zagorich and Dylan Brooks and Ben McLemore and all this. And it's like, and last year Ennis, I think that worked out reasonably well. It's like that's a good thing to do. Wings are still really hard to come by, so you might as well if you're going to throw like four things at the wall, do it at that position. Don't do it at the bigs, even though they've spent draft picks on those guys. Let me ask you a question: Are they the? Do they finish last in the Southwest? There's a real chance that they do. I mean, I would say it's going to be kind of a close, a close battle between them and Dallas. Like, I think those are the two teams that are at the bottom for me. But which of those two teams gets it is kind of anybody's guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't. I, I, said, I, I also, I, I also it's... think Carlisle's a way better regular season coach than Fisdale, and I like Fisdale. You know, he's he, he the players played hard for him, but. This is a very different challenge than last year, considering the guys they lost. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, I, I think Memphis is. Uh, here's the thing: would, would you pick them for the playoffs or they're in the East? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I think the East is I, the East is terrible. Yeah, I would like if they were in the Southeast. I would probably have them more like I would probably treat them the same way I treat Charlotte. Basically, I would I would kind of kind of think about them in that same way. But in the West, where they're playing, I guess I said I like the over, but it's like it's slightly over. I think, given their history, like I think they're going to be like. You well, know, they're and, and see that—that's the other reason why I would bet the under is like I think realistically the best they do this year is probably in the low forties, and so if if a team can barely go over and that's what you're kind of thinking, then for me, if if anybody gets hurt or anything like that, they're falling on the under. So that's another part of the <coughs> argument for me. I'm feeling more confident in this as we go, even though you're disagreeing. Again, I'm just I'm I'm over, but slightly. I, I, I don't I don't like I wouldn't bet on it. Right, so I'm like, mm-hmm. we don't like any, we don't like any any awards for this team, right? No. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, nothing like with that. No, no, no. 30, no, we don't like thirty-three to one to win. Not that division. No, hell no. Oh no, <laughs> not that division. Hell no. to the no. Okay, so so another team that's not going to win their division, but is still intriguing, is the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans only won thirty-four last year, but lots of adjustments and you know dealing with Drew Holiday missing time to be with his wife and everything like that. Their line is set at thirty-nine and a half. I think this is a very good line. Not because I expect that New Orleans is necessarily going to win this many games, but because this is in the range that's murky for them. It's kind of the no man's land. And so I could see them going over this by a margin or I could see them going under it. I'm going to go over. I think they're a little better than this. My model really likes this team, like has them at 50 wins, which is kind of weird. I, I need to kind of like go look at that really quickly. But like, and then like Jacob Goldstein, who actually did some of the productions for me, like he has them at 40. Vegas has them at 39 and a half. 
I kind of like the slight. I like the over on this team. Like thirty nine and a half is low. This team won thirty five, thirty four games. I think this team is better than that. I'm still on Team Rondo, particularly on a, like Rondo on a team where he doesn't have to shoot the ball is a good guard. People always forget he he, got, he was hurt when he left Boston, so he he's gotten he's been okay. He wasn't great in Dallas, but I think part of that is because I think Carlisle and guards are like a weird fit. Right, so he he was wasn't going to work on that. So I I mean I like Davis Cousins and Rondo is is decent. Cousins and Rondo has actually worked before. Then it's like Holiday and who's their fifth starter? They're still in the process of figuring that out. I'm I'm kind of which like, is one of the big concerns with this team. They have really weird flaws and they have really weird depth. So and while I like Gentry as an offensive tactician, this is a very weird team for him, and I think that's a concern as well. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a simple answer. Like, I always said, like, just watch how, like, San Antonio used to run sets for, like, their two guards, like, their two, when they had the two forwards and run that. 39 and a half. Do we think Boogie and Anthony Davis are both, either are both going to be on the team by the end of the season? I think so. I mean, with where, with where Del Demps is, I mean, really the only way that, that DeMarcus, Anthony Davis is on the team no matter what. I, I don't think there's a realistic way that he's not. The only way that Boogie gets traded is if this season gets really bad and they're just convinced he's going to leave. But this seem it seems to me like New Orleans would be more of a team that would be willing to go down with the ship than willing to concede failure unless it was so obvious that they had to concede it. 40 wins in the south. God, I'm I'm uh I'm again, I think I might end up over and over and play or over and fade. I'm really struggling with this one. Um do they they don't have incentive to tank, do they? They don't own, no, they don't own their picks, do they? They they actually own their first round picks moving forward. They they all those obligations yeah, because, are done because they had that weird the, the trade with the Kings and the Kings basically gave book yeah, God that was a horrible trade. I mean here's the, here's the thing, I don't I can't see this team tanking. Like their owner their owner is really elderly, isn't there? Isn't he? He's one of the, those guys that wants to win now, right? Yeah, he is. I I think they're going to push this year, and then if if they if things go badly, they really do the reset button for next year. But I think they're pushing this year almost no matter. I what. wish I wish this number was a thirty eight and a half. I would feel better about it. I'm going to go over play, but I'm going to put a note down that like I would if I'm I would wait to see if this number goes up before like playing it because I'm I going think- I'm going over I'm going over fade. I don't feel super confident in it and. The West is so strong that I could just see them winning like thirty-eight and just being disappointed in it. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: like, if Anthony, if I've got Anthony Davis and another score, and I think Rondo is again, in Rondo in a situation where he doesn't have to score, right? He basically can just play off and do things and pass the ball. And then you got Drew, and I mean, I wish I knew who the four started, but they got four guys at the top who are good. You've got Boogie, and like, it should, in theory, this should work. And it should work defensively, and it should work offensively, right? If the coach is not an idiot. And again, I think even there's there's going to be so many bad teams, and like New Orleans, one of the highest home court advantages in the league is going to New Orleans. Like it's one of those. It's like going to LA on a back to back, where like just the players just apparently like party in in Bourbon, in, Bourbon, in Bourbon Street, and like they just don't do well. So there's some incentives to that. I kind of feel like forty is easily doable. But again, if it was a thirty-eight, I would be like overplay. Like I wouldn't even think about this. But because it's 39 and a half and because of the top of the division being so rough, I have to think about it. But again, given that, that there are going to be so many terrible teams and I don't think this team is going to tank, I'm going to go over and play. Now, question. We don't like the division odds. 22 to 1? No. Not, not this division. Hell no. Do we like their... No, we don't like the conference odds either. No. Do we like 
No. How about, well, actually, I, I actually kind of think like if they got the Warriors in the first round series, that this would be a bad matchup for the Warriors in the first round series because the Warriors and, and that's won me some money. The Warriors are really bad against guys who had like tall guys, right? Like tall guys who can score can do things to the Warriors. Yeah, I don't they, they can, but they, they don't have the wings. That's the big problem. Right. They, they, uh, they couldn't. Come I mean, I think I, they could make that a five or a six game series, but they're not going to win it. It would be exactly like the Cavs, like, yeah, we can cover Curry, but like, oh, God. It's like every time Durant would come on the floor and get the ball, they're like, oh, God, what do we do? What do we do? Who's covering Durant? Who's covering Kevin Durant? Yeah, it's it's the, 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 that panic. You know what I mean. You're, you're a Warriors fan. You know what I mean. Like, we're like, the other team is like, oh, God, Durant. What do we do? What do we do? One of, it's Ow. one of the big differences between this year and other years. I, I don't, yeah, I don't really like any of the other Pelicans. And, and AD's MVP odds are, you know, at 20 to 1. I that's think that's possible. It's not terrible, but I don't. I don't think he's going to get enough production for it. Yeah, there are too there are too many guys ahead of him in line. I think that's the big problem. Is that um, like I, I I think that he's going to have he, even if he has like a good year for him. I think that somebody's going to be better than that. I wish I could bet on like comeback player of the year. I would bet on Rondo for comeback player of the year. Oh, I am I'm I'm, all, I am off the Rondo train as strong as you are on it, but. You know, I, I, it's not that. It's not that. Here's the thing. He's a guy. He, he, he's a guy who wants to pass the ball and get. He gets the ball in the right place for big yeah, guys. But, I mean, but he was boy. so bad defensively last year. He's gotten like his, his. He was terrible defensively, and he was bad offensively for all but about five games. He was pretty good in those five games. Full credit to him. But uh, I, I'm just. I'm just not on it. And you really can't play him with Drew Holiday because there isn't a point. Yeah, I mean, I think that like again, I like the over. Uh, you like, and but I don't like anything else about it, right? And and right. And let, I think I think we can move. I think yeah. It's let's let's move on to the Jazz. Well, the Anthony, Jazz are... Anthony, Anthony Davis is probably the best player that's on. Like he's the top five guy who like we we don't think has a shot. Is he only is he the only top five guy? I mean, because even 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 with Giannis, who's another top five, we think Giannis. I don't is a think shot I don't think Davis is a top five guy for me right now. I'd have to that's... really think about it, but I don't think he's top five. Wow, that's. I mean, of... he has top five talent, but I mean, and, and the, the sad thing is, like defensively at the five, he was actually pretty awesome. But they're not going to have him do that this year. So yeah, that's like I think the and I've said this: the best case scenario for them is they they need to use Anthony Davis like LeBron. So he needs to be running kind of more of a wing, like wing like a wing three four is what he should be running. Uh, and then, like, Boogie should be down on the block. So, basically, that would be the ideal situation. Because if he does that, then, like, if, if he, he's kind of shown flashes of that, then he becomes, like, a huge matchup problem for everybody everywhere. Like, you, well, what do you To, do, to do me, do the ideal that? situation with him is you make AD your five. And then you have yeah. four spacing around him. And then you can't help. And then you, and then he's going to wreck you. Like, that, that's the ideal. I understand why they went away from it because that's not what he wants. Because nobody wants, nobody, especially nobody thin, wants to be a five all the time. So, I understand that. And they got boogie for so little that i completely support the trade oh, yeah. they made but you have to make i was i was mad i was mad like i was mad for for weeks that the celtic team and try like if, if like that was got mad supposedly like they the, the because they didn't do it because the kings wanted rosier it's like like i, lo- I like rosier but like dude you could have gotten boogie what are you doing right boogie and boogie and horford would yeah, be a I really mean, good for the, for the here, here's how crazy that trade was for the price that new orleans got him for if he leaves after this season I think they were fine. Even if you yeah. use hindsight, you know, Buddy was, Buddy healed and a and a, a late lottery pick, not a big deal. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. Any every any everything does that, right? That's that. That was like, as I said, even if he leaves, you, what did you get up? Like, man, Buddy healed. Like, yeah. what, what did they, what did the Kings get for that pick? They traded down. That was the pick. I, I believe they traded oh, down and then and then picked uh, and then picked Justin Jackson. Oh, and yeah. Harry Giles, I think. It was Zach Collins pick. 
Matt Collins big. Okay. God. Yeah. yeah. They did. They did. It was ten for fifteen and twenty five or something like that. And yeah, the, the three the three pick was the other terrible terrible deal they did with the Sixers. The 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 God that was like like the Kings. Good Lord, they've done some bad deals. Well, that um, that one I, I'm okay with from a value perspective if you draft the right guy at each spot and they didn't do that. So you know, and, and I I admittedly I'm I'm not the most knowledgeable guy about Zach Collins. I, I know that some people kind of had him in that at the end of one tier, and so if you feel that way, then maybe you feel differently. Ooh. Um, I, I, I think let's, let's move on from the Penguins because I'm really interested in, in your take on the next team. So the God, next the, team, so the Jazz the, are just Utah, tough. The they, Utah Jazz they won 51 games, and Vegas has their line at 40 and a half. They're really you think they're tough? So so here's why they're tough. Their defense is going to be great. I think they'll have a top five defense, probably top three. You know, they'll, they'll be special on that end. The concern that I have is their half-court offense because not only do they, you know, Rubio's wonderful in the open court, but teams know how to exploit him in the half-court. And they don't really have the other guys once you think about how defenses are going to pay attention. Like, I think they're really going to miss Gordon Hayward because now the other team's best perimeter defender is guarding Rodney Hood, they're guarding Joe Ingles, whichever guy's doing better. So I think they're going over. I think this is an over this is an over fade for me because of their oh. the worries about their defense. But I, I understand this- why if you think that they're gonna have a an offense that's not in the bottom ten, then I think you this is an over play, hammer it, go through all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this but- is this is this is the most obvious over for me on the board right now. It's for, it's forty and a half. Forty and a half. They're, so it's not the most obvious. We'll get to, the most obvious over oh, yeah. on the board is still in the yeah. Western Conference, but we haven't. Okay, gotten fine. Them yet. It's the most obvious one that we've hit so far, and here's why: it's forty and a half. It's a good team playing in Utah. They ha- they still have the insane advantage at home. You know, I think they're gonna. Be, yeah, are they? I think they're. It was a lateral move to go. Uh, to get Ruby and the guys they got. I think they're probably something like five or six games worse than last year. That's still at 45. They still have the home court advantage. It can work out. I think it's it's an easy over. It's 40 and a half, bang the over, and be happy about it. There's a bunch... Like, like how many games are like... Let, let me ask you. How many games are the Bulls, the Hawks, the Nets, like the, the really terrible teams, how many games are they, are they winning in Utah? Well, yeah, but all those teams pretty much play their... All those teams play their once. So it's not that big a deal. That's not, that's that's not going to... Push, that's not going to push Utah's win total up that much. I, I think that like forty and a half is kind of insulting. That to me, I think that like you know, I think you make that easy. I don't think they're going to win fifty-one games, but I think that's a, this is a good enough team. With like, if Gobert is there, they're they're going to win more than half the games. Well, and so and that's another like that. that's another thing to mention. Like, I think they're much more star dependent now than they used to be. Like, if Gobert misses twenty games, I think they go under this. Yeah, I mean, if Gobert is hurt, then yeah, <laughs> yeah, Gobert is their best player, clearly. And I, but I think again, they're less, I think they're less well, resilient than they used to be. So yeah, I, 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 think, I think I think this is an overfade for me, but I completely understand why other people want to play it. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good with it. I think forty and a half is well coached team. Um, okay, so their their division odds it's twenty it's twenty to one, and their conference odds are hundred. I think the division odds are definitely interesting because while Oklahoma City and Minnesota I think are both better than them on a talent perspective, it's not such a great margin that that twenty that twenty is is insurmountable. Like I think that's a, a that's a really good play as well. You're basically betting a twenty to one that they can win fifty games. Yeah. And you're betting that Rubio. Well, no, has I don't. Them. I think there's a you're distinct chance that Minnesota. Saying, I think there's a distinct chance that Minnesota and OKC both don't win fifty. You're you're betting that Ricky Rubio finds a like he has a really good shooting season this year is what you're betting. You're saying okay. 20 to 1, here, here's 20 to 1. here's the way I'll phrase it. I think I I don't 
I don't think this is the most likely thing, but I think there's a very real chance that 47 wins this division. I absolutely think Utah can win 47. Yeah, but, you, but you're also, like, you're betting on, like I said, you're betting on Rubio having having a really good shooting season. If, if Rubio has a really good shooting season, then they can, they're definitely there. They're, they're winning 48 games, and it's, it's, it's actually, if, if, if Ricky Rubio has a real I'd, I'd be looking at his MVP odds, maybe. But, like, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm good. 20-1, to 20-1 to for... I think I like three to one. I like it. I think those I like are 21. those are the the best division odds that I think I've seen in the Western Conference at least so far. Yeah, I mean because it's twenty to one because we think that like. But then if we like if we like the twenty to one, then it goes to my point, which is that yeah, I think I think forty and a half is kind of insulting. We like twenty to one for for the Jazz. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it's and and you could argue that the teams in front of them are a challenge. So maybe even though the ROI is is lower on a per dollar basis, but just that it's a more secure bet. Is that kind of the logic you're using? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, I would I, again, forty and a half is really. I think that you win that bet like seventy five percent of the time, easily, right? And and because again, it, they, they, the home court advantage. If it was, if they weren't playing in Utah, that would be. Be a different take, but they're playing in Utah, right? So they're getting the home court advantage because yeah, of the altitude. second best home court advantage in, in the whole sport. Before we move on, I want to tell you a little bit about Bombfell. Bombfell is a great way for men to get clothes, and I've really enjoyed the process going through it one full time now, including including the extra parts of it. So basically, you sign up, and then you can tell them as much or as little about what you're looking for, what your price range is on specific items. And yeah, I mean, it can be what type of thing. It can be as specific as fit and what type of color and everything like that. And then they match you up one-to-one with a stylist and they send you a proposal of what you're looking for. You can give feedback then. And then after that process, you actually get the clothes and you only have to pay for what you buy. So you can try everything on, you can check it out. And I had one thing that due to my own mistake, I, I listed the wrong size for, for something that I need to send back. The exchange process is extremely user-friendly. They already include the shipping when you do it. And again, since you only have to pay for what you want, then you don't have to worry about excess charges or anything like that. So I was able to swap those out for something that fit perfectly. I was really happy about that. And so you can go all over the board. If it's accessories that you're looking for, if you want to step up your look in its specific area, some of the clothing that I got, especially the polo shirt, which I really like, will be a part of the Twitter NBA show when it comes back in the very near future. And it's great for those of us who either don't love shopping or want to get a different person's perspective. I've gotten more comfortable with that as I've been on camera more, but it's always good to get another person's eye. And since they match you up one-to-one with the stylist, then what my stylist recommended was something that was a little bit different for me. And I think it'll, I think it'll work well. So you can definitely check it out. Bombfell.com slash real GM, B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L.com slash real GM. And the other thing you get beyond telling them it came from us is you get $25 off your first purchase, which is pretty fantastic. And again, you only pay for what you want. It's not one of those things where you have a monthly fee or anything like that. It's just you, you, they send you something, you like it, you pay for it. And all the prices are very clearly labeled and everything like that. So I was very impressed with it. Really excited to go another round with it in the very near future. But again, it is bombfell.com slash real GM for $25 off bombfell open and close. So let's move on to Portland. Portland won 41 last year, got the last playoff spot by one game over Denver. There's one really shocking thing to me. Why this number is so weird is that Portland last year stayed pretty healthy. You know, their star guys were on the floor a fair amount, and they didn't get better. You know, they got deeper maybe at certain spots, but they got shallower at guard, you know, losing Alan Crabhurst. 
and yet Vegas thinks they're going to be better. So like, I think this is a pretty comfortable under. I think it's an underplay. I don't think they're going to be much worse than this, but I don't think they're, you know, that 42 and a half, that's a lot of wins. Where, where are you on Nurkic? I, I like Nurkic, but I, I, after three years, are we going to say, oh, this guy's going to be healthy enough? He's going to play 70 games? No, I think he'll probably play 60, 65, maybe less. This is an overfade for me. Um, Actually, now I'm thinking, sorry, underfade. I shouldn't have said underplay. It's underfade for me. I think they're a better team than they were last year because I think Nurk, they, they're, 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 their size was horrendous last year. The reason they overperformed was because Ed Davis was really, really, really good. He barely he played, really, though. No, no, but he was really, really good the year. The, like, no, like, oh, yeah, okay, I got what you're saying. Like, their size was really good, and then, like, last year was really, really terrible. It got bad. And then, like, they got Nurkic, and that got better. I think that there's going to be some regression in their size. The guys who actually played worse last year are going to play better, and I think they're going to be, like, I think they're going to be in the 43 range to me. It's just the conference got so tough at the top that that's why I don't, like, I think that Vegas has it right. It's going to be, like, 43, 44. I think they're better. I don't think they're significantly better, so, God, do I want to go overplay on this? Uh, they got to go to home court. It's 41... God, I wish it was. I wish it was forty-one and a half because I think they're going to win like 42, 43 wins. I would over. Man, the the tough the toughest conference is so tough. They have no incentive to tank, right? Or do they? No, Wait. not really. They're, they're too good for it. Yeah, I, um, I, I, th- I, I think that's the bigger issue. But they don't owe they don't owe any protected picks or anything like that. I'll let you. What are you doing? Are you doing underfade? Underfade, and a big part of it is also this is similar to Memphis, where I don't see them going far over this total. Like I could see them winning forty five, but I don't think they're going to go into like the forty six, forty seven range. And if McCollum and Willard, if one of them plays, misses like ten games, I think that sets them off because they have no guard yeah. depth. I mean, they don't have the another. They don't have another another two. Or another one, yeah. like they're just but they, they're just empty. They do that rotation thing. They got Evan Turner. Evan Turner's fine. It's like in a, in a stretch, we've got Lillard and McCollum. He no, not as a make... starter. Well, I mean, like for a stretch. And then he's fine. and then they um, don't have anybody to place replace Evan Turner on the bench. Like it, it's Napier. It would be Napier and Turner. It's okay. Sweet not Christ, terrible. that's terrible. And I mean, and, and the other that's thing is they're, they're shallow. Something. They're shallow everywhere. Like their only perimeter defender is Mo Harkless. That's it. Like and maybe maybe Alfred Camino if you slide him over a little bit, and Turner's not terrible. Ever you're talking me into the fade. I think there, but here's the thing. I think there's a world where they win like 46, 47 games just because they're, they're well coached, they're well run, they can do it, and they've got talent. Well, and I mean, so, I mean Nurkic, they played they played like gangbusters when Nurkic was on the floor. Like, I, but yeah. I just think there's more risk involved in this. Do we like their twelve to one odds to win the division? No, I think if you're good, I mean, there's a chance, but uh, you know, I think that's okay, but. Do you think, do you think the Jazz or Blazers are better? I think the Jazz are better. Yeah. So yeah, same thing. Same thing with me. Like I've got this team as forty three. I've got the Jazz at like forty four, forty five. So like this is why I was like the overplay for me for the Jazz was like ah, obvious. Bang it. And then yeah, I mean the Blazers have a little more risk involved. Twelve to one is still interesting given that division. Like because in essence you're betting against. Yeah, it's not. The, t- it's but, not terrible. Could you see this team winning forty eight, forty nine games? If, if everything breaks properly. I mean, so they would have to have a top five offense and probably a league average defense, something like that. I think that's possible, but unlikely. So, you know, I don't know. Outside, it, it, outside, outside, outside chance. They also haven't had a lost season in a while, and it's Blazers. So, yeah, I think fate is the right call. And stay away is the right call. Like, yeah, the, the injury fairy. The injury fairy always loves Portland for whatever reason. Um, so, speaking of the injury fairy, there's not, not a better transition into the Clippers. So, the Clippers... Hey. They won 51 last year. 
lost Chris Paul, but added just a whole bunch of different pieces. It's a fascinating combination of factors. So I, they're, they're, they're their the... line is set at 43.5 or 44.5. So this is one where I, I'm kind of taking a different tact on it, which is I'm openly admitting that the over is probably the better bet, but yes. I'm going under and fade just because I think it's just an instinct call. I think that something's going to go wrong. This team is the Schrodinger's cat, like box, like experiment uh, of NBA teams because... If everybody's healthy on this team, this team wins 53, 54 games because, like, they have talent. DeAndre Jordan, Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari, Patrick Beverly, Blake uh, Griffin, Harold. I mean, they have skilled players. They have guys. They have have guys who can do stuff. Yeah, and I mean, like, if Austin Rivers is in your rotation and not starting, fine. You know, he can be a a 20-minute-a-game guy. Not a problem at all. Ooh, but like I agree with you. Like they're oh God. What? But do I trust Doc Rivers to run this team to maximize everything? Do I trust that they're going to stay healthy? No. I'm leaning over play on this team, but I mean, I don't, I don't love it. I mean, it's like I think they can win. I think they'll win. Like so, I'm leaning. I'm going to go over play with this team, right? I do think that, like, based on that, I think like so a couple of guys. I think like we're due for like a Gallinari full season, right? I think that this is. This I, I like some of these guys. I want to root for this, so I kind of feel like overplay is the way to go. The statistical models like it, and I think that forty three and a half. If this was forty four and a half or forty five, I would be like no. But forty three and a half, where I'm just betting on this team winning forty four, forty five games with all the terrible teams. Yeah, I, they're like you know, it's like the Pacific. They've got like so. The, the here are the five teams in the Pacific. It's the Suns, the Kings, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors. They're not better than the Warriors, but they're better than the other three. Like the Clippers are better than the Lakers, Kings, and Suns. It's like sure, if but, they were, but I mean, the... you only play you play those teams four times, and you play the other teams in your conference, you know, three or four times. So it's not like that is this huge tactical advantage. It's not like that's giving them an extra three wins a year. Yeah, well, I mean, like the going into LA, LA is another. Town also, so like, here, I'll tell you this: like on pure talent, if I if, if I weren't doing instinct, to me, this would be an overfade. Like I I don't I don't really have much of a doubt of it, just because there is that real downside risk. Are you going and all that? But under- I'm saying underfade just because I was just on instinct, just a pure. This is this is the me riding my gut. You know what's an interesting bet? Blake Griffin, eighty to one to win MVP. I like that bet. He's already. I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's going to do it. Every time, every time Chris Chris Paul is down, he go like he. The problem with him was like when he was playing with Paul, he wasn't maximized. So if he plays the full season without Chris Paul, and this team is better than expectations and wins like forty eight, forty nine games, man, I think there's a better than like one in eighty chance that that happens. And he's the guy who's like he's clearly the star on this team, and he's clearly done it before when when Paul has been out. So I think eighty to one is kind of. I mean, it feels to me like that's an obvious bet. It's eighty to one. It's right? not terrible. It's not terrible. I don't love finished- it, but it's definitely not terrible. I mean, like, how many times has he finished top three? Well, finished I will say this: five. I would much rather bet Blake. At, I would much rather bet Blake at eighty to one than Joel Embiid at eighty. And I love Joel. Right. I mean, like, if if I'm going to go over play, I'm going to play Blake. I'm going to play Blake at eighty to one. I like our girl likes Blake at eighty to one. Okay. Why is because Andrew Wiggins at eighty to one? That's just ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Like, like I say, I'm gonna start coughing if you at 81. That's you can get about 100 to one though. Like, you, you can get Wiggins at 100 to one. Well, I, I mean, like, the, the places he's off the board, you could probably get him at even better than that. Yeah. So let's let's say let's say the what, what are the odds that the Clippers win 51 games? They won 51 games last year. What are the odds that they win 51 games this year? 25 percent. Okay, 25 percent. If they win 51 games, 
isn't Blake Griffin almost guaranteed to finish top three in the MVP race? No, there are a lot of other really good guys. Man, I think if they win fifty one games, then then you're then you're like at half you're like half and half that Blake wins the MVP. Because I think that like he's also in a large market and he, he he's but the, been even around. If they, but even if they win fifty one games, they're still not close. Like they're they're maybe hosting a playoff series. Like it's not like they're the best team in the West or anything it's, like that. But keep in mind, it's the guy. It's the Pilgrims process. MVP is won by the guy who's perceived to have contributed the most to wins. Right? Not necessarily the yeah, best players. Yeah, but that's generally generally you, you have to be on a top three team. I mean, like, and and I don't think either of us is saying even if they win fifty one games that they're that they're even sniffing the top. Three. I think they they'd be in the top they'd be in the top four probably if they won fifty one games. 51, yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I don't think anybody's even if they're the fourth best team in the NBA and the fourth best team in the Western Conference, which is possible if they won fifty one games. I, I just don't see it personally for me. But if so you I wanted think, to throw think, if think, you wanted to throw right, a couple think, on it, I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge somebody for doing that. I, I think right now my top MVP candidates are Giannis, Kawhi, and Blake in that order. Like not I mean like not necessarily yeah, but I mean Giannis, Kawhi, and Blake because. Paul and Harden are going to split the boat. Curry and, and, and KD are going to split the boat. LeBron won't care. He's not going to push hard. Russ is going to get the boat split with Paul George. So then but you're Paul George isn't going to Paul George isn't going to get MVP votes. Like if, if anybody yeah, gets then, it, on. that's fine. But like he won't get as many. He won't be as well. Like he he. I don't think Westbrook is going to have like as nearly an of an advantage as he did last year. Well, yeah. So I mean maybe maybe that four like well, so maybe they, that because, because they defied expectations. I mean that's one of the that's one of the big things when nobody's having having that kind of a year that you want to look for. But I, I but mean, it, at eighty to one I'm not gonna say it's like a terrible bet or anything. I just wouldn't put any money on it. I think eighty to one for a top three, top four MVP candidate is really good. And I think I think if Blake is healthy, he is the guy. He's healthy, right? I think he had surgery, but I think he's probably like he's already recovered. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not completely sure that he is. I, I haven't heard his status in the recent bit, but uh, and I know I know that we both don't like their division odds, no matter what, even if it's at 33 to one, and they're not going to win the conference. So yeah, I mean, like, what what are the odds that a meteor strikes the Warriors practice facility? I mean, that's that's I think it's better. Than I mean, 30. I think it's, the Warriors would have to be without two of their all stars for most of the year, and I, even even at that point, I still think they win more than 50. Right. I mean, so yeah, we don't like the, that. We don't like that. We don't like the conference bet at sixty six. No. We like one hundred and four. We I like I Our like uh, eighty to one for Blake. I think that is good, very good value. Okay. Excellent value. So let's move on okay. to Denver. Denver won forty last year. It looked like they were going to make the playoffs, and they didn't. They got Paul Millsap. They lost Gallo, and their line is set at forty five and a half. Wow, I mean, Denver continuing to be better than the Knicks since they traded for uh, Carmelo Anthony pretty much every season. Okay, so is Denver in it to win it this season? They are because yes. they traded for Millsap, so they got Millsap and Jokic, Fareed, who they likely Wilson, are going to try. They have Wilson, like so, their starting five is probably going to be Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Wilson Chandler, Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. That's a pretty strong five. Yeah, they need to they need to basically like get rid of Moutier somehow. Uh, eh, they, they, they can need... even just not play him. They don't have to dump him. They just don't play him. Yeah, they have um, guys. They have options. So it's mixed because, it, like with this team, it kind of depends on who's getting the minutes. I think that line is probably right. Forty-five and a half. They have a good home court advantage. I, again, I wish that. Like, so I don't know what they're going to do with. Fareed. Is Fareed expiring this year? He is not. He has one more year. So Fareed has one more year. But I, I don't know. They, they, they were trying to move him last year. I don't know they're going to move this year. And I yeah. don't think they're. But gonna I mean, they have. Out. But they have depth that either way. Like they're. 
like one of the things that I really like about this Nuggets team is that like you know Mason Plumley, Will Barton, Jameer Moutier, if they have to use him, Wancho, who I really really like. This is a a good team, and you know if they're gonna they could potentially be somebody to either make a consolidation trade or to make a win now trade because they know where their incentives lie. They're they're guard short right now. I like the under on this team, but it's a fade. Like I think that forty five and a half is for, like, yeah. I think they're going to win like 44, 45 games. I think that's where I'm at with this team. I think the Clippers are going to finish higher than them. And I wish that, but here's the thing. There's a couple moves they can make that can get them over that hump. But again, it's a little bit dangerous because if they, because given their depth, they might wind up like playing like Moutier for stretches and that's bad. Just really bad. See, so I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm, I'm overfade. I'm overfade for similar reasons, but just a little, I just think their talent's a little bit better than you do. And also I think they're more resilient to injury just because their guys stay healthier. You know, yeah, if, if Jokic gets hurt, they're going to get screwed, but like, it's not like Gallo and Griffin where they have such a long history of missing time. And I'm a believer in Jamal Murray. I think Murray's going to figure it out. And they also, you know, given their incentives and that they have moderately valued contracts, you know, I think they could make a move to get better, either giving up a first-round pick or Will Barton or something like that and, and getting somebody who really fits in with their roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it, I see it, but, I, I mean, do we both agree that line, that line is set at about the right level, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, that's why I think, I think we're very close on this. Like, I think they're going to win four, 46 or 47 games. So it's it's right <laughs> on the edge, but, you know, that's... yeah. I, I just again, my, my feeling is just they're gonna wind up playing some guys that they shouldn't play more than they should, and I think that's gonna happen. Like that's my 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 thing with this team, and it's been historically that. So I would again, that's what I, I just stay under. We don't like their division odds, and well, five and a half. What do you think of that five and a half for the division? It's not you like bad. 40, you like you like them at forty eight. At forty eight, there's a world where they win the division. Yeah, I I think five and a half is not bad. I, it's you know it, I don't it's I don't think it's my favorite bet, but I could. I, I could throw something on that. It's just, I mean, the the upside, their upside is not as high as OKC and maybe not as high as Minnesota. So yeah, it's it's a challenge. So we're gonna say five and a half is interesting, but not. Yeah, that's where I am on it, and I love Jokic, but I don't think he's gonna win the MVP this year, so I wouldn't bet that either. Dude, would you rather have Jokic or Porzingis? Oof, I think Porzingis has a higher ceiling, but I think Jokic has a higher expected value. And he's better so, now. And he's better now. So I, I think I think I'd probably go Jokic because he's already proven what he can be in a successful offense. Like Jokic can be the center. He can be the engine behind a top five offense. And we don't know that about Porzingis. And while Porzingis could be a good defender, we don't know that yet. So yeah, yeah I, I think I'd go Jokic, but it's close. It's a tough call. I've been asked about that for like a year and a half now and it's tough. I think I might have been one of the first ones last year, but like, yeah, we're 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 there. I mean, I, I get that Timberwolves. So it's starting to get interesting. We're getting into the top five in the West yeah. now. So I mean, overhauled roster, added Jimmy Butler for basically nothing. Absolutely ludicrous trade. Also added Taj Gibson, added Jeff Teague for for Ricky Rubio, which you know I have I have mixed feelings on that. So their Lateral line is set at forty seven and a half or forty eight and a half. That is the biggest gain of any team in the uh in the uh Vegas from last year. Well and 17. it should be because they underperformed relative to their talent level last year and they got way better. So it's not a surprise that they well is it no is it what about the Sixers? Oh it's only thirteen? Yeah, the Sixers are only um, thirteen. But anyway, so so with so with Minnesota, here's the thing. I could absolutely see them winning fifty games. The case for that is easy. They have Carl Anthony Towns, who's a special, special player. Jimmy Butler is an all NBA player. Wiggins is going to have a much easier role. But 
I think that's Wiggins, too much Wiggins, too soon. Wiggins, Wiggins is the kind of turd in the punch bowl for this team, where he he hasn't. Wiggins well, has no, seri- the turn in the punch bowl is their spacing. Well, Wiggins has serious flaws in his game that like so basically I've I've always compared him to Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. It's Rudy Gay. And and because Rudy Gay in Memphis like was was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. And I think Wiggins is the same thing. And the problem is like Wiggins Wiggins is on the floor to score, but I've done the analysis on this. When you when you play him against bad teams, he's great. When you play him against the really good teams, he disappears and he also doesn't do anything else on the court. So he's so, actually a So drag maybe he's more like DeMar DeRozan. Maybe that's a better comparison. Yeah, which is that type of player. Where he's but he's, but he's not as of, consistently good as DeRozan. Like that's that's the yeah, that's he's in a, the he's, also, he's not efficient. He's not efficient shooting. He's not. He doesn't do anything else but shoot and score. And he doesn't uh, rebound or defend. Well, and so, the like, other parallel with him and with with Demar Derozan is that they're both athletic, but you don't see it consistently defensively. I mean, I would say Wiggins is better than Derozan because Derozan is bad, and Wiggins will have an easier job now. There but, is absolute. There is absolutely no statistical. Evidence behind what you're saying because DeRozan has actually been okay defensively. Wiggins hasn't been okay or even decent defensively in college, in the in the Timberwolves, in his rec league, in high school probably. And I would know this uh, because he, he, he won me a really big check because he's so bad defensively that are basically stacked against him in like a big DFS live final. Those sorts of things you can certainly do, but but here's why it's different this year because Jimmy Butler is going to be guarding the other team's best guy. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the thing about this is they haven't paid Wiggins yet, have they? No, they so probably the will is, before the season starts, but they haven't I've yet. Been I've been needling the, the Timberwolves fan on this because I actually do think this is a decision. Do you keep him or do you trade him? And I would I would basically not pay him until he shows that he can actually make They have a great team, but they need to figure out whether they want to actually pay him and keep him. And if they don't want to pay him and keep him, they need to freaking move him because they have all the pieces around it. And, like, really, if you look at the roster, he's the, yeah, I, I would not pay him the max well, based he's on also, what he's He's also me. overrated, so if you can get more to trade for him than he's actually worth. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but it's not going to happen. I feel like it's one of those things where it's it's intellectually satisfying to talk about it, but it's sort of irrelevant because Tibbs isn't going to do it. Would you rather have him or Otto Porter Jr.? Moving forward, so for this season, I would definitely rather this, have Otto Porter. But for this, but, ro- for but this moving, roster, but but moving forward, Wiggins just has such a higher ceiling that I think what? even if it's like a twenty percent chance that he becomes the guy he could be, that's still worth it. Yeah, but you you don't need him. You don't. It's like the Rudy Gay thing in, in Memphis all over again. You don't need him to be that guy. And trying to make him that guy is going to cost you playoff series. They didn't need Rudy Gay to be that guy in Memphis. They well, had, I mean, they we had, don't we don't know had, that. They had, here's that, the thing. And here's the thing, like, once Rudy Gay, like, went away from Memphis and got, and, like, then he went to Toronto where he did even worse, and then he went to teams where, like, he didn't want to do, or they didn't want him to do that, he was actually a decent player. I think Wiggins has the skills to be a decent player. He just, he hasn't shown me that he can be a high-usage guy, and I don't want him to be a high-usage guy. Well, here, I here's the point. Other, I, I think there's a point that you're not, that you're not acknowledging here, which is important, which is, He's going to defer to Jimmy Butler. Like what you're you're basically condemning him to something that he hasn't had the opportunity to show. I think that he can actually be a better low usage guy and I think he can be a willing low usage guy comparatively to where he was. Not not like low usage compared to like Danny so Green why, or something. Why didn't he do that when he had when he got Carl Anthony Towns? He doesn't see himself as as a level below Towns the way that he does with Jimmy Butler. Anthony Towns is clearly a better player. 
And it's, it's evident on the court to yeah, anybody. But, it, but, but, that's, but it's different than a guy who's an all-NBA player who basically plays the same position as you. I would, you know, this is this I, I, is the same thing why I always thought that Monte would defer to LeBron if they had ever played together, but that he wouldn't defer to Steph Curry because he thought he was better than Steph. If I'm running this team, I need to figure out whether or not Wiggins is going to work. And if he's not going to work, I need to move on yeah, from I, him. I, I, agree, I agree with you completely, but I also think that it's, it's not worth spending a lot of time on because it's not going to happen. I agree with you, and I think... I think you're right to say it, but that's not what Tibbs is going to do. So we can would we can trade, kind of acknowledge trade, it. Would you trade and 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 Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love? Oh, for Kevin Love, hell no, no, because Love is not providing much value for you long term, and Love's defensive weaknesses aren't aren't getting fixed at all. Even on this team with the talent defensively you have around him, I mean Towns. And, we don't and, know and, how, and, we don't know Love, if Towns I, is good defensively. Kevin Love was actually pretty good defensively the last two years. He wasn't great, but he was pretty good. It was yeah, okay. Yeah, but he, pl- he played in a, a system that worked well with it. I, I I wouldn't do that. It's such a short-term play, and Minnesota's set up. Like, I mean, you have you have Carl Anthony Towns. You have a guy who could be the MVP of the league multiple times who's in his early 20s. You don't trade him for a guy who's about to enter his 30s. It's just it's not worth it, unless it's like a guy like as good as Jimmy Butler, which Kevin Love is not. Okay, so where are you at with this team? Are you – I'm over-fade with this team. I'm under-fade. Um, I it's, just think it's. I just think they're, they're the pieces don't fit together. The other really big concern I have for them is that they're extremely shallow. If basically if any one of their key guys gets hurt, other than maybe Wiggins, they just don't have a replacement. So if Towns goes down, they have nothing to replace him. If Jeff T goes down, they have nothing to replace him. If you know maybe a little bit with Jang and Taj, but they need both of those guys. They need some depth there. So I think you know even though Tibbs plays his guys a ton of minutes and like I could see them. I can see them outperforming this. I think this is an underfade for me. Is the division a better bet? Is it a better bet? I mean, it's certainly reasonable. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say I'd feel, you know, could, because you're getting the two as opposed to one-to-one. Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit better, but not much. I would stay away from both of them. What about the MVP odds? It's not that It's not that year yet. I mean, I love Carol Anthony Towns, but it's, no, no, it's going mean, to take... I mean, Jimmy Butler at 100-to-1. I, I don't think he scores enough. Basically, it's hard for me to imagine Jimmy Butler has so much better of a year than last year, and he wasn't even close to MVP last year. Uh, it's almost like... It's also hard because the guys who are better than him play the same position as him. At, at a very basic level, you're going to be sitting there and going, well, Jimmy Butler's not better than Kawhi, so why are we voting him the MVP? The Minnesota would have to have the two seed for them to win for, for Butler to win the, uh, the uh, MVP. Is Minnesota getting the two seed uh, better than 100-1 to 1 odds? And in that mm. case, the problem is, like, in that case, it's, it's, it's Carl Anthony Towns. So I'm thinking Minnesota getting the two seed is something like a 20 to one shot. But then in that case, is it Towns or is it. I, I think 100 to one for the MVP for Butler is probably pretty good because it's. But see, the thing is, it's it's the odds to win it. It's not the odds for him to finish top three or to finish top five or something like that. Like, I just I just don't see it happening, personally. Yeah. Okay. But or a flip, a, a flip, a miracle happens when a switch flips. Uh, a switch flips for Wiggins. Uh, nah, you see, I, 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 I think Towns' odds that. are more likely just because I could see him jumping another couple levels, whereas I don't see that with Butler. Like that's that's kind of the difference. Like it's you know who has the ce- the ceiling play because to win the MVP you have to be really really good. So Cal, um, that's an understatement of all things. Cat at fifty to one. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do that one either. But I would rather do that than Jimmy Butler. Okay, I, I agree with that. I would say like, uh, and I'm not gonna say that. Basically, we both faded that because I think for like, so here's the thing: like, there's Tibbs volatility. Teams, That's the challenge. So, so Tibbs teams typically overperform their lines because he plays the crap out of the guys, 
And last year they lost, like the Minnesota team lost, lost a bunch of games they shouldn't have lost because they played really dumb. This is a much smarter team, and I think they're over going to perform the numbers, which is why I like the over. There's enough uncertainty around some players that I don't love it. I think they're going to win some, like, I think they're going to win like 49 games. But I wish the line was a little better. If the, if the yeah, line I wish was like the line a was a little more in, in, if it was a little more in either direction, I'd feel more comfortable. I think this is a really good line for that reason. So okay. let's go to let's go to OKC. OKC won 47 games last year, though part of that was that they were huge in clutch. That like their their clutch record was ridiculous. They added Paul George. They added Patrick Patterson. The line is set at 50 and a half, and. This is just too rich for my blood. I, I think that OKC could absolutely do this. I think they're defensively, they could be talented and offensively, but they haven't proven to me that they're like, you know, you were talking about the Clippers winning 51 and things like that. So I, I'm <coughs> under fade here, but this is, this is close. Like it's, it, it, I would, it's a clear stay away for me. I'm underplay. I don't have to think about it too much either. It's, it's an obvious underplay for me because I, again, it, it's, Paul George hasn't been that guy in a while. Right, so uh, I don't know that he's necessarily going to hit that. You know, it's fifteen and a half in a tough. It's fifteen and a half in a tough conference. The models are kind of mixed, but I kind of feel like I think they're going to wind up being something like forty-eight, forty-nine. And it's just saying they had some luck last year. I think they're going to be slightly better, but you know, it's going to be in the forty-eight range, and it's tough. Which is why I think those division, those division ops for the other teams are kind of interesting. I think so. Do you think Minnesota or Oklahoma is going to be better next year? Oklahoma City is is better right now. I, I'm a believer in their defense. I think that's kind of the big dif- differentiator here is that you could see Minnesota working, but I think OKC is going to have a top five defense. And last year they were at 10th. So if they jump up, because they just have so many more guys now. And where, is Paul, where, is, where are you getting that Paul George is a good defender? No, I'm not. Patrick Patterson is the guy that I think is the big difference maker here. They're, they're, swapping, they're swapping out Sabonis, a rookie who wasn't good with Patrick Patterson. So like to me, that's top five defense, maybe middle of the road, a little bit above that on offense in I'm some of their bit, configurations. That's I'm you know, bit, that's a really good team. So I'm a little more mixed with this team. I think it's under, but again, uh, I'm saying play, but I don't know if I should. Again, I think they're going. I think that line is right. I think they're going to be like 48, 49 is where this team is going to be. Because as I said, you said they had some luck. I don't know that Paul George is. I think yeah, but Paul all George he has to do is how, how much um, disappointment does he have to bring to be and still be better than Victor Oladipo? Like you're not comparing him to some sort of like all NBA guy. I mean, he can he can be pretty shaky and still be better than what they had. And Patterson is so much better than Sabonis. See, here's the thing though. I'm not betting the over here. I'm just I'm just an under fade. I think that I think that you're you're a little bit too cavalier about about their their downside. Like so here here's a here's a pretty good parallel. So like last year, the Jazz finished I think it was 3rd in defense and they finished they finished 3rd in defense, they finished 12th in offense and they won 51 games. I could see OKC yeah, doing also, basically the same thing. But they also play in Utah. So Yeah. Are they better than are they are they Three and a half games better than last year. This year, so so here's the thing. I'm going under. I'm saying under fade. Like I don't think that because uh, not not because I, I think they're better and more than three games better than last year. You're talking, but you're I talking think you're talking into a fade. I, I think yeah. yeah. I mean lots of fade, but yeah. I mean I think that there's enough uncertainty here that I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to listen to you and go and well, fade. Here's here's one that I'm not going to fade. San Antonio one sixty one last year. Yeah, Tony Parker's not going to play for them. Yeah, I really didn't like what they did in the offseason. This is an over and a play it. I mean, 54 and a half. They could, Kawhi, a Kawhi Leonard team could win 55 games in their sleep. 
This is a tougher pick for me this year because I'm not exactly sure who they're rolling out, and this team has gotten older. Who's their starting five this but year? But they're still the Spurs. Like, see, here's the thing. I think that so so there are two elements of this that need to be appreciated. One is they're going to beat all the bad teams constantly. That's a San Antonio yeah. hallmark. They're going to beat all those teams. They're also really good at home. So let's say they win almost. Let's say they win all but five of their home games. So if they win all of if they win all the games against bad teams and like and go thirty six and five at home, they're winning fifty five games. It's already done. They, they don't even need to beat the good teams to do that. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about this. Yeah, I, this is this is one of my favorite bets on the board. Like this is this is on the very very short list for me. Oh, by the way, we didn't talk. We did, what do you think about the uh, the Thunder uh, division odds and the? Uh... Oh, I think they're a little bit too rich. But I think we're lower on them. We, generally, when you're lower on a team, oh, well, their con their conference odds I think are a little intriguing. But twenty two, twenty two to one is is intriguing. But I still wouldn't bet it. I mean, I don't think they're better than the Warriors. Man, I think if if I was gonna bet a team to like twenty two to one for them to, mm, that's really intriguing. Well, they have to get past the. I, I think so. Here's oh, what I'll yeah. say. I think if I were to bet, if I were to bet the West, a, a Western Conference team, I would bet the Thunder. I think their number the is Thunder the best of anyone, but I don't think yeah, I, I think would do it. I agree with that, and we don't. Oh, and we what didn't about, talk about Westbrook MVP. Westbrook MVP. What do you think? It's seven to one. I don't think he's going to do it again. I think that it took it took basically an act of God for him to do it last year, and that was phenomenal. I expect him to have a worse year, and I expect the circumstances to be less favorable. To win, he'd have to win like fifty four games to do it, and he's at seven to wow, it's seven to one though for a repeat MVP. Ooh, once he's already done it once. Ooh, yeah, you can't talk me into it because of Paul George. Okay, I agree with that. Let's move on first. And remember his. Usage is going to drop. His usage can't go up. It's 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 basically a mathematical impossibility for his usage to go up. And then the clutch rust and all that kind of stuff. Like he caught lightning in a bottle. We appreciate it for what it was. He's still a really really good player. But I just don't think at seven to one, I don't think it's the right bet. But yeah, let's, let's do Kawhi. So so I think Kawhi. So so we're basically both saying overplay for San Antonio, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm that's it's and it's one of my best bets on the board. But we, we can talk about their division. I'm a little a I'm a little more hesitant about them because of the injury situation. I didn't like their moves, and they're older. But if Kawhi's healthy, yeah, you, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Like they're going to win. If Kawhi's healthy, they're winning. They're, they're winning more than fifty-five games, particularly they're winning yeah, fifty-eight or something like that. And but Kawhi, and that's why I think Kawhi is a heavy favorite to win MVP this year because he's going to be on a team like that. There's nobody else that you can give the credit to now. You know, Duncan's gone. Tony Parker, you know, Tony Parker's not going to play. Manu's, the, like, it, it's his team. It's unquestionably his team. I think that if they can stay in the top five in defense, heavy front runner, or a, not maybe not heavy front runner, but a significant factor for defensive player of the year again, because it's like, well, who else are you going to give the credit to? And he's going to be really good offensively again. So I, I, I think that if I, he's, I, at, I, I'm I seeing him Kawhi. at nine to two or seven to two. Four and a half to one, you bet what? that. Yeah, Kawhi. Four, four and a half to one. Four and a half yeah, to one. Four and a half to one, one or four to one, I would take that all day. All day. I think he, I, I would I really put his odds of winning the MVP right now at like 50 to 60%. That's how confident I am in it. Yeah, I think I like him. I like I like Blake for MVP, and I like, uh, there's somebody else. I like uh, Giannis. Those are the three guys I like for MVP. Giannis is intriguing. I think that would be a very satisfying bet to make, but I, I Kawhi is a better bet for me. Well, no, but it, remember, eleven to one, eighty to one, four and a half to four and yeah. a half to one. Yeah, but I, I mean, with with Kawhi, it's Kawhi doesn't have to improve to win MVP. Giannis does. That's that's a big difference for me. Agree. 
Um, like, we Kawhi, Kawhi could have the exact same season he had last year and win MVP. You know what the other bet I like is? I like I like the Spurs at 22 to one to win the title. Oof. I think anytime you can get the Spurs at over twenty to one, that's 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 insulting. See, I think I think oh, that that I think that's about right. I, I I can understand why you like it a little more than I do, but you know I don't think they're gonna win. Yeah, you know, they're they're probably gonna have to be the Rockets and the Warriors. I think that's gonna be a big problem for them. I think they can. But twenty two. But you're right. The twenty two is a rich number. Yeah, twenty two is like yeah. Just but yeah, I would also bet Arturo would also bet the twenty Spurs twenty to one. I would I would take twenty. I would take the Spurs. I would take that extra money and just put it on the over. I feel more confident in it. Because here's the thing: I think that like Kawhi. we saw that like Kawhi did, will definitely. There's every chance that Kawhi will be the best player in every single playoff series he plays. Right? Yeah, sure. I he, mean, I think there's. A, I think I think we could walk. We could walk out of this season saying he's the best guy in the league. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not sure of it, but it's possible. Kawhi looked like the best player in every playoff series. He, even the Warriors series, he just got hurt. But he like that for the first half, he looked like the best player on the court. Well, he looked I mean, like the best but on the did Kawhi? Did play. did here's here's an interesting question. Did Kawhi look better in the first round series or the second, whichever one you think he looked better in, than Durant looked in the NBA Finals? No, but it was a different matchup. And if That's you true. put Kawhi, and if you put Kawhi in that same matchup against the Cavs, he he, he would have looked he, awesome done, too. That's true. He would have he would have basically just like drubbed the, the the because the Cavs had nothing. The Cavs were like they they could not handle people on the wing, and Kawhi is like a fantastic. People underrate how good of a shooter. I've done the analysis. He's been like the top mid range shooter in the league for a while. He just hits stuff. Oh, so so here's here's an interesting question. As much as I respect Kevin Durant, I think that to a point, his efficiency on the Warriors' offense, you know, it makes the best offense in the league even better. If you swapped Kawhi and Durant, that would be unfair. And they were healthy. I don't think the Warriors that's lose fair. a game in the playoffs. I think they that, go. I, I, I'm not sure they. I'm not sure they win a game by less than ten. If you swap those yeah, two guys. And the thing, and people will get mad, but like the thing is, like as and Kevin Durant is good defensively, right? And he's good offensively. But you don't lose anything if you put Kawhi there offensively and what you gain defensively. Like having Clay and Draymond and Kawhi on the court at the same time means that like it, it's like what the the Bulls used to do. It's like the other team you're not scoring. There's going to be a five minute period where they're going to just you you're, you are not scoring. You will stop scoring. And they're still so the, like, they're still the best transition offense in the league. They're still the best half court offense in the league. Like yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take a step back offensively because Durant fits so well with their system. But the gain you got on defense with them, I mean, it's never possible. It's not going to happen. But I think that would make them meaningfully better. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, and that's it's, and that's not even to say like Kawhi is so much better than Durant. It's just that it's it's the idea of relative strengths and weaknesses. I agree yeah. with that. Okay, so so I think we're pretty we're pretty squared away on we San like, Antonio. We like we like the over. We like Kawhi I love the over, yeah. one, and we I like the title odds for this person twenty to one. I think that's insulting. Okay, because so I think that Houston Rockets they won fifty five last year. They did lose some meaningful depth in in stuff, but they also added some int- intriguing pieces. Linus said at 55.5 or 56.5, whichever one you want to get. For me, this is an overplay because while I don't think they're going to go far over this number, I don't think of last year as being like this ridiculous high watermark for the Rockets or like, oh, they can never do that again. So I, I feel pretty good about this. This kind of comes... What? How do you feel about Clint Capella? Because I love Paul, I love Harden, but a lot of this rides on Capella. I love Capella. I think Capella is a wonderful fit for what they need. I don't think he can do much more than what they need, but I think he can do that really well. Do you think this team is better than last year? Yeah, I do. 
Yeah, because they added Chris Paul. Even they're though they also, lost even though this doesn't affect this number, they're a way better playoff team than they were last year for a bunch of different reasons. I'm going to agree with your overplay because I think 55, I think they're going to be like, they're them and the Spurs are going to be like 57, 58, and it's going to come down to like the last day of the season with them. And, so, and also what it's going to come, what it's going to come down to is that the, the Rockets are going to want it more than the Spurs are. So I think the Spurs are going to win like 57 and they'll be like, ah, we're chill. And then the Rockets will be like, 59, 50, like 60, that sounds great. And so they'll push a little harder for no real good reason, and they'll be fine. Yeah, you're going you, you're, you to you want the three seed over the four seed. You, 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 I, w- I would rather have the three. You don't want the Warriors in the second round. Well, no, they, the, the, but those two teams are probably battling for the two and the three, I would assume, unless right. OKC really delivers. And that margin, I could see the, the Rockets caring a lot more about it than the Spurs, but we also don't know. There's a possibility, though I think it's unlikely, that the difference between seven, that six and seven is big. Like, depending on if, like, Utah really delivers or the Clippers really deliver, like, that might be the line of delineation. So then, at that point, you don't want to be the. You'd rather, really, rather be the two than the three. But I could see the Spurs not caring at all. We're gonna, we're gonna have like Portland and, and Utah, right? Like it's like you're, you're choosing between Portland and the Clippers. Wow, Jesus, the Clippers are seven. Ooh, jeez, this is kind of insane. Or I mean, think about it. If you, if you and I both really like the Jazz, if you put the Jazz over the Clippers, I mean, you could be dealing with the Clippers as the eight. That could be Clippers Warriors could be the one eight, possibly. That's how good the West is. Yeah, I think this is going to be. Do we? I think there's a shot we have eight teams that win fifty games in the in the in the West. There's there's a real. Sh- I mean, it's, uh, it's just just by the just by the law. Like I I don't think you're going to see that, but you could see eight teams that win like forty six or forty seven. The Pelicans could win like forty four games and not make it. Yeah, I, that's actually what I think is going to happen. I think the Pelicans are going to go over and they're still going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, that's yeah. So I think the Pelicans, the, the Grizzlies, are going to be like, yeah, but yeah, they're not going to make it. I mean, division odds one to zero. No, do we like their conference at seven to seven or like their title at sixteen? I think it's the same deal for me. I think I, I, I actually. Is, so this is interesting. I like their title odds much better than their conference odds because it's like if they make it that far, they're going to win the whole thing. Right. So we think it's ten to one to make it to the finals, but if they make it to the final, the Cavs aren't stopping. So yeah, I mean, like they're they're almost ninety percent. So yeah, I would I agree with that. It's the same thing with the Spurs. I like I like the title odds for the for the Rockets. I like. 16 to 1 for the Rock. We like 16 to 1 for the Rockers. Uh, I don't I wouldn't like- bet it, but it's not bad. I, I I think the over is the best bet for them. And the MVP stuff, you know, the problem is they have two guys that are good. I could certainly see Harden winning it. I don't see Chris Paul winning it as much as I love him and still think he's one of the best guys in the league. I actually think Chris Paul is a better player, basketball player than James Harden still, but they're not going to win MV- I I don't think Chris is going to win MVP and I doubt Harden wins. The only way they win, he wins MVP is they have to win something like sixty-four games, which hey could happen. But it would, and he would also have to play the full season, which hasn't happened in a while. And he would have to play more minutes than I think he does, and that would imply, like in essence, that means like the Spurs are playing out of their minds too. So I think in that scenario, where like the scenario where like the Spurs have to, the Rockets have to win sixty-four games, is a scenario in which Kawhi is winning their MVP and going away. Right? Yeah, that's kind of the way that I see it too. And with with right. Harden. But- you know, like his counting stats probably aren't going to go up with Chris Paul there. You know, he's going to have the ball in his yeah. hands. It's going to be different, but I don't think it's going to be better. And he, it's harder to give the credit, you know. So, like, if, if Harden and Kawhi are close and their teams are close, well, then Kawhi, you know, the perception and probably the reality is that Kawhi's playing with inferior talent, so he would win. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that we're good with 16-1 to 1 for the Rockets to win the title, and I think that's the bet with the overs that we want to do. I think that's right. The 16 isn't, it's not great, but it's, I, I'd throw a couple bucks on it as a, just because just I, I think the Rockets, just their ceiling is so crazy high that it w- I think that would also be a really fun bet to have. Just to have that little incentive in the war- with the Warriors losing. Well, they, so wait, they, wait. They, so where, where where were Cleveland's? What was Cleveland's title odds again? Uh, Cleveland's title odds were six to one. Bet I think Houston should have better title odds because either team has to beat the Warriors, and I don't yeah. think it really matters how hard it is to get there. Yeah, I've said that the Cavs aren't beating like Houston or San Antonio, and I don't think they beat the Thunder. I think you'd have to go to Minnesota to get a series, like an interesting but, series. Okay, so so I think we're, we're pretty much in the same boat on the Rockets. Now we're at the, the last team, the Warriors. Warriors won 67 last year, got a little bit deeper, and the line set at 67.5. For me, this is a pretty clear over stay away yeah. just because winning 68 games is really hard. I, I think they're better than that. I think they'll win more than that, but why, why take the chance on that? Yeah, I mean, like, the thing about this is, is like, so Kevin Durant was out for a really long time. He was out for a while last season. Curry wasn't playing great until the second half of the season. They still won a ton of games. And as you're saying, they're deeper this year, in my opinion. They're yeah, a I, think signif- they're- I think they're a meaningfully better regular season team because adding Nick Young, yeah, adding adding Omri Caspi, all they really lost was, you know, Ian Clark, who wasn't great for them most of the year. He had a nice little stretch at one point. And McCaw's going to be better. And the age-related regression is going to hit guys like Iguodala and Livingston and maybe their center rotation. Those guys aren't central to their regular season wins. Again, I think they're going to win something like 60. I wonder what odds I can get on them winning 72 games. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. But the other big the big distinction here, and this is why this is hard, is I don't think they want to win it again. They could. They, they're, they're going to be the favorites in maybe all but like four games that they play this year. I'm looking at, like, while we're talking, I'm looking for, like, the Rockets to see if there's listed. I'm sorry, for the Warriors. Are they listed to win 74 games anywhere? Warriors to win. Is there is there an outright for them to win 74 games? That might be more interesting to me. Like, because here's the thing. I, I agree with you over fade because I think, like, they're not going to care and they're going to they're gonna want to rest. They're, they don't want to win 74. And they're going to want to rest their guys so they won't go as hard and they won't need to go as hard. Right? I think yeah. that they're going to win... Do they care about, like, do you think the Rockets or the Spurs are going to challenge them for the one seed? No. I mean, if the Warriors are winning, let's say, I don't think the Rockets are winning 65 games. That's crazy, and the Spurs aren't good enough anymore. If I had to pick a number out of the air for them, it would be either 16 or 70, but I don't think they need, like, like, I think that's going to come to, like, they might just take the last two weeks of the season off because they don't care. But but here's the crazy thing about the Warriors. They could take the last two weeks of the season off and still win all of those games. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. It's over. I think it's pretty clearly over, but it's a fade because like they might just not care. Yeah, it, 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 because you would feel like such an idiot if they won 67 games and you lost your bet. They would they would have one of the best years in, in modern NBA history, and they could probably even do it with a, like, a better point differential than some of their other years. Just be saying they're going like, why did, I, why did I throw my money on it? However, that is still, to me, a better use of your money than... There are conference odds, there are division odds, because basically those odds are so low that you might as well just put that money in a bank account and get interest on it, even if you think the Warriors are locks to do it. So you can be better, but like one win at 67, the, the difference between 67 and 68 wins is equivalent to like the difference between like 41 and like 46, because you have to be that much better to get it. Although, so here's the caveat. I would say that given that the change the schedule, so there's not these scheduled wins anymore, so you're not going to get the four and five losses that you get 
I, I do think that like there's there's an argument to be made that they're going to win just more by osmosis, right? Because like there's well, going to be yeah, less because they, the schedule there will be fewer schedule losses, right? So sixty eight, sixty, it, it's, yeah, because it's that's a crazy sixty seven and a half is a crazy line. But if it was any yeah. lower, I would say to play the over. If it was at sixty six yeah. and a half or sixty five and a half, I would say play the over. Yeah. We would both. So I'm going to say we would both one hundred percent bet this, bet the over, at sixty five and a half. It's Absolutely. Just, 67 and a half is like, no. Because we don't think anybody's even going to come close to that. Like, that. That's the thing. Like They can win 67 and like, just like, 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 like start getting people from the crowd to play. And it wouldn't matter because they'll still win the number one seed by like three or four games. They won't care. Yeah, they, they won't like, care. Oh, so, so let's talk about their conference odds and division odds. So the division... No. Do you want to explain the division payout to me? Because you don't see a number this low very often. So basically that means one in 50. That means that you, if you bet $100, you get $2 back and they win the division. That's, a, so that's like below. That's like a below average. In, that's like not. You could get interest rates better than that, basically. Yeah, it's basically, Vegas is saying just keep your money in your bank account. Don't make like. <laughs> don't make us. And, and so for uh, and, and for the conference odds, that's that's like you bet bet a hundred dollars, you get back about forty. You get thirty seven dollars back. Yeah. You bet a hundred. Yeah, and then like if, for the title odds, you bet a hundred dollars back, you get sixty two dollars back. So yeah, I mean, I think those odds are fair. Yeah, I mean, they're fair. I just wouldn't bet them because they're really ridiculous. I mean, again, I, I really think the the the, the only, one of the only things that stop the, the the only thing that will stop them from winning the division is like a meteor strike. But seriously, that's that's to me that's the only thing for the conference. I think again, it would have to be. So I think the Rocket series is interesting. I think this is more. It's going to be really interesting, particularly in a series where like. When you shorten the lineups, it's going to be more interesting. I think, again, the problem for the Rockets is who's going to cover Kevin Durant, right? That's going to be kind of an interesting thing. And then the key would for the Rockets, the Rockets would need King Capel to, to to jump a level, which given how much I love King Capel is an interesting possibility. But, like, for some reason, he couldn't stay on the court last year for, like, extended periods of time. And everything that I read suggested it was conditioning or something else because they wanted to play him more. And the Spurs basically would have to be Kawhi is the best player on the court, and he basically carries them over the Warriors. But if Kawhi did that, that would be probably one of the greatest feats in the history of the NBA. Wouldn't you agree? Like if Kawhi yeah, I mean, because, up- because not only do not only are the Spurs less talented than the Warriors, but their talent doesn't make sense against the Warriors. Like you need Danny Green to have the series of his life, you need Kawhi to have the series of his life, and you need them to not play Pau Gasol. Yeah, but. I would not put that past, which is why I like the twenty-two to one because I do think like if, if you know if, if they if he's at that level, then the the Cavaliers are better. Like if it's the Cavaliers, the Celtics, or whoever it is out of the East, they're better off just 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 surrender, guys. Don't don't even bother showing up. You're not you're not getting through that. Well, so so right? for, um, if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, isn't it a much better bet to just bet on them winning the title than to win the Western Conference? Because if they make it there, they're yes. winning the whole thing. Yes, yes. I, I think you, you bet you, you your better bet is to bet the the war. I, I would say we would bet 100 percent the over 65, 60, 67 and a half, and we think. Uh, well, Warriors I, I, I would. I said stay away, but uh, but it's it's the, it's the better play. Yeah, Warriors W's to win the title is win title. Here's the thing. Here's what I would do. I would monitor uh, the Warriors title odds and if they get to even money and if and if they get to even money then bet it because if they get on a win losing streak at some point for whatever silly reason they lost three games okay it's 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 one to one bet it because they fluctuate during the season if they ever drop to one to one you bet it. yeah because i'm, I'm totally help- on board unless it's like some sort of big structural thing but you would know that 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like it happens when losing streaks during the season, where like the odds will drop for whatever reason, and yeah, you bet it. That's when you move it. And like you know, the, yeah. you you know, if the, if the Spurs are ever at like twenty five to one, that's when you play it. That's the kind of thing. So yeah, but I mean, I think that do we like the MVP odds for the scene? So I don't think they're terrible because like I mean Durant. You could make a very reasonable argument that Durant was the best player in the league last year when he was healthy, even and he didn't have the best. Like he he could have been better than he was, and I mean I still think Kawhi was a little bit, but the difference was that Durant was playing more minutes and and the Warriors were a better team and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think that that's many, okay, but the problem is many, that he could get outshined, and you know now that's I, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to win it. I actually think Curry over, is a better bet than Durant just because his odds are about quadruple. How, over over under how many games do Durant and Curry not play in the fourth quarter? Uh, probably about twenty. 15 something like that over under and how many games they don't play their last rotation in the fourth quarter no but that that'll be curry's is six minutes to go durant's is at about seven or eight draymond's the one who plays that last rotation typically and durant like but, so but, it'll but you have durant you have to remember durant. what you have to remember is that steve kerr is super conservative and so yeah, sometimes so- they come in for like a couple minutes and then he's like oh yeah that's right we're up by 20 the, 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 their depth means that they're not going to be blowing leads like they, they they would blow leads because they would get into depth and wasn't that great. Because and this is a deeper, better team. Yeah. yeah, their second unit. This is one of those like it's like one of those like what happened those silly seasons where like nobody on the Spurs would play twenty nine minutes because their second unit for the Spurs was good enough to be a playoff team. You remember those years? Yeah, that was fun. I think that's that's yeah because the, you would get in and, and their bench unit would get in. And like particularly, they, remember the year where they had like we're talking about Boban again. We had Boban. It's like that second unit for the Spurs was like murder, and like it didn't matter. Like so, the starters wouldn't play because the bench unit would get in and like outscore the other team by like ten or fifteen points. So it got worse. So I think that there's going to be some of that. So I think that like again, this is why I like Giannis. This is why I like Kawhi. This is why I like Blake. These are the guys who are going to be the clear stars. Who they they they're going to play like they're going to have to play. And they're going to have the wins and clearing up the way to them. Whereas, like, I think I think Durant might be the best player in the league, or Curry might be the best player in the league, but they won't get enough votes for MVP because they play with each other and because they they're not going to play as many minutes. And at the end of the day, minutes kind of matter for the MVP race. Yeah, they do. But at the same point, if the best player in the league is on the best team in the league, I feel like the voters are just gonna they're just gonna kind of accede to that, and they're gonna make sh- they're gonna make it happen. But I. So I think that Curry's odds, you know, I, I wouldn't bet it, but I, I would be more comfortable betting his than Durant just because if you can get it at 18 to 1. Two years ago, he had one of the best off, he had one of the best offensive seasons in the history of the league. So even if he was, his 2014-15 MVP might be enough to win it. And I certainly could see him repeating that maybe between the two MVP years. So yeah, I, I mean, think given, given the split this year, I think Curry at 18 to one is really interesting, particularly since like there's a chance that Durant will miss 20 games or like if he get like, if he rolls an ankle, they'll pull him off for 20 games because they, they're not going to want to risk him for the playoffs. And then Curry gets to run that. And then he, he wins it because by, by lack of competition. Yeah. Right? I, I would consider throwing a small amount on that just because just, 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 yeah. The idea, because we know he can do it. There isn't that doubt with him. Just like I said that as part of my argument with Kawhi. Like, that, that Kawhi can pull an MVP season. Steph Curry can pull an MVP season. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at, like, what we picked. We actually are only playing, I'm playing 14, 
and you picked 11. So we, we were both, I think partly because, I think partly because we did this so early, we don't have a lot of picks. And again, people who are listening well, and to this, the lines like, are mind. I think that's a big part of I it think too. People should watch with like, so I, I'm using odds checker for check for the lines. Like if you're doing this, you should be looking for more favorable lines. In a couple of places we said, hey, if the line was here, we think about it. And I think that there's going to be an opportunity as we get closer to the season and the money comes in, money comes out, that those lines are going to improve. You might get some better odds. And that's where you go, right? So we're doing this extremely early. We're doing this a month before the season starts. Again, things can change, but monitor some of these. I think that, like, would you, what do you think? I, 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 still, I still come back to saying that the best odds on the board are probably Toronto to win the division. That's probably my, my favorite. And I think that, like, the two Rookie of the Year uh, bets, which is Lonzo and, and DSJ, I think those are probably the best ones. I think I'd go Spurs over and the mm. Rookie of the Year combo bet. And then the Ra- the Raptors one is good, too. Even though I'm not completely sold on them, it's just 6-1. to one is just such a ridiculous number yeah, there. I think, again, I think the point on that bet, and I, I didn't make it at the time, which is I think the Celtics are better over five years, but maybe slightly worse this season. And I think the Raptors are better this season than last. They have problems with the playoffs, but I think they can easily win. They can repeat at 51, and the Celtics, like, they could be 51 for 253. The Celtics are lower than that. And I think it's more 50-50 between those two teams, and 6-5 to five is insulting. I think there's, there's – what are the odds of the, the – I would put the odds of the Raptors getting the number one seed in the East at, like, 25%. Uh, I was thinking more like 15 to 20, but, yeah, it could happen because they're still really shallow. Like, they're, they're, that's, that's a concern. But at the same point, it, it didn't kill them last year, so maybe, maybe they'd be okay. And I love Norman Powell. Yeah, Cleveland's banged up and and kind of uh, like won't care. Boston has a lot, a ton, eight guys who just weren't on the roster last year. So I, I think like yeah, again, Toronto at six to, six and a half to one is is is, yeah. is insulting. I think I, I think I would I, if, if they were at six and a half to one to finish number one in the East, I would take that bet, not just win the uh, the division. But I like the Jeff, other the right. other thing we should talk about just a little bit is is just where the line is going to be for the eighth spot in the playoffs in the West. I think it's going to off the top of my head, I haven't worked all the way through it. I think it's around like 44, 46. So I think, so just going through this, I think that the Wolves and the Nuggets are going to be 45, 46. So the line's probably going to be Portland or Utah. Yeah, I think it's going to be like 46, 47. We have a lot, I have a lot of over. I mean, I, I'm looking at the, so I'm looking at the at the East. I've got one, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams out of 15 over. And then in the e, in the West, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven out of fifteen teams over, right? And you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of fifteen. So we both are like pretty big on the over on the on the West. And I think definitely, I think this this year is going to be a case that like another yet another case that they should be doing like non conference playoffs, just grab the top thirty teams because there's a real chance that like something like the tenth seed in the West would make it in if we weren't seeding. I mean, the 10th seed is right it now... Might like, even, it might even go past that. It might even be the 11th. The 10th seed in the in per Vegas would be the Pelicans at 39.5. The 8th seed in the East would be Philadelphia at 40.5. And, and this is 10th seed. Like, and then Memphis at 37.5. I could definitely see Memphis and New Orleans finishing above the 8th seed in the East. So in essence, we'd only have the Mavericks, the Lakers... The Kings and the Suns, and I could I could totally see. I mean, I could see it getting down to like even twelve. I could see Dallas finishing better than the AC in the in the uh, in the, uh, in the East, yeah. right? which It'd is be yeah because 
<laughs> well, I mean, in that world, we're assuming that like like Detroit has Philly has injuries and Detroit bailed on the season, which is entirely possible, right? So again, I mean, well, I, it, it doesn't something. even have to be that way. I mean, I could see Dallas winning thirty seven games, and I could see Detroit winning thirty seven games. Yeah, I agree with that. Like that that's so, not that's not totally unreasonable. Is there anything else we haven't covered? You think? No, I, I think I think we've hit it. It's. I think it's what's going to be fun about this year. I talked about this a little bit actually in the I think it was the the Northwest Division podcast about how part of why I'm so excited about this year is that not only is there something to watch on most most teams, not every team, but most teams, the lines of division this year are going to be fascinating. So like yeah, and it's true. Like I don't think anybody's really going to be competing with the Warriors on a game to game basis, but that top pack in the East is going to be really interesting. The Kind of the playoff mix in the West is going to be crazy, you know, like the bot the six through ten or something like that is going to be crazy, and then like the race for the bottom and 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 a lot. So I think this is going to be just a wonderful year for all this. And I mean, the fact that there's so much uncertainty, you can see it in our numbers. Like usually, we would have a lot more of these that we would have confidence in than like eleven and fourteen or whatever it was for the two of us. Out of out of the thirteen, let's let's count how many out of thirty we agree with. We agreed with in let's see, I'm counting, 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 counting. We agreed one Orlando. We agreed Detroit two. We agreed Charlotte three. Miami four. Milwaukee five. Washington six. Cleveland seven and Boston eight. So only we only agreed with eight teams out of fifteen. Just East. over half. And I think in the West we disagreed on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We disagreed with like seven. So in essence, so was we disagreed eight, on half the teams. Yeah, we disagreed on half the teams in the league. So we disagreed on fifteen teams out of thirty. Which but is a lot just... of those were a lot of those were on the margins. You know, like it's funny, like there aren't there were a couple that we had strong disagreements on, but usually it was more like a fade versus a fade or something like that. Yeah, we were in both cases we're like, eh, we wish the line was a little different and we think we both agree on both of we didn't have like I think last year when we did it we had more open lines. We had like two we have two wins differences and like we would be willing to go either way. Yeah. But I think again, I think the lines are said pretty well right now and i think that like there's a lot of uncertainty around that i think yep. I, I agree with you this is going to be interesting because i do think i say the celtics are better both for the playoffs the cleveland is is probably stronger for a final run but then weaker for regular season and the bucks and the wizards are interesting raptors are you know the raptors but yeah i mean and, and, well, I think, and then and, and then the other big arc in the east is the rising powers versus the, the existing powers so like do we see the bucks or the sixers put it together in a way that we think oh they could be like they could be in the conference finals mix next year or moving forward yeah i think the sixers are interesting because as i said if one of those guys turns out like so if mb plays the full season and one of the other guys turns out to be a star then that is a heck of a team, and that's going to like give put, put the scare god into somebody. And again, the other thing is like if the seas find somebody else, if if the Bucks kind of put it together, you know, that's that's kind of interesting. Again, I think the more interesting questions in the West are like guys like can can the Timberwolves make it work with Wiggins? Can like the Thunder kind of put it together with George? Um, like what are the Spurs after Kawhi? Uh, like what's the ceiling on the Rockets? Those are kind of still well, since. What the well, hell and then and then the other elephant in the room for the entire Western Conference is what's happening with the Lakers. The Lakers are the shadow looming over Oklahoma City, looming over Cleveland, looming over maybe even New Orleans, depending on how they feel about Boogie. We're going to be as if any of those teams falters, are we going to be spending the time going well? 
how long are they going to be here? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that the Lakers are basically going to be really interesting, particularly going forward. I, I, I think the Lakers, where I've said they're really dumb for in terms of how they were being run, I think that the current front office is much, much smarter than it's been for a while. Uh, I think they've done a great job. I, again, I think they had a great draft. And I think they're, they, they, they're clearly much better uh, in terms of what they're doing. And I, I do think they're going to get their man. I do think they're going to get George, and they might even get LeBron. And because and that's going to be really interesting. And here's the thing. I think they're going to be better than like what people expect because I do think they have talent. Now, granted, it's really young. But I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. And, I, you know, the league is better when the Lakers are good. So I'm all in favor of that. This is going to be the best league pass year in the whole time I've covered the league. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's like, yeah. oh, people are like, oh, I love people like, oh, the Warriors are making the league boring and destroying the league. This offseason was crazy this year. Uh, and it was fun. And I think we enjoyed it. And everybody's just going like, I can't wait to see this season. So I think yeah. they've done a great job. It's going to be awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time to come on. It was an absolute delight, as it always is great fun and you know we hope to keep doing this in the future right yeah it's always fun absolutely thanks again to arturo gaudi for taking the time to come on you can check out his work he's doing some with daily roto now and he's helping put together nba product and you can also follow him on twitter at american numbers and i also want to take a second considering our uh, the puerto rico is arturo's home base to encourage all of you who have the desire to donate whatever you can to the relief efforts there. I mean, there are a lot of different organizations. I've been following Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is of Puerto Rican descent, and is uh, he's using HispanicFederation.org. Whatever you feel the need to do, I mean, there's a, a big humanitarian crisis there. And for those of you who are in the U.S., they are American citizens. And if you want to support that, I, I highly encourage it. I won't tell you where to donate, but if you want to, definitely support it. Getting closer to the actual start of the season, which is very exciting. And there's going to be a a lot to go on. Still have to do the Pacific Division preview. That will probably be the next episode unless something else comes up. And yeah, just going to go in a couple different directions and then we'll actually have basketball to talk about and that's going to be fun. And generally in the early part of the year, I try to focus on individual team stories and then get into the larger scale stuff a couple weeks, maybe a month in, just once then we have a better idea of really where this is going. So that's my personal preference. And of course, if you want the other elements of it, you can listen to Dunked On. We'll be doing that. And while it hasn't been formalized yet, I will be doing Warriors podcasting this year. It will be less frequent than what I did last year, but very excited about that. That news will be coming closer to the start of the regular season. I will be doing more with the CBA encyclopedia. We'll be doing more CBA writing this year. And then of course, for the athletics. So that's all really getting ramped up. I actually have a piece that came out on Monday about a potential Warriors Thunder playoff series and post mellow and everything like that. So, and it's also a good way to note that Arturo and I recorded this long before the Carmelo trade. So it was not incorporated into our analysis. And it was actually even before the Mason Plumlee signing happened, but that wasn't as big of a deal, obviously. So that will be, you know, you can hear me talk about those on Dunked On. That's, that's not a big deal there. And if there's something that you really want me to, to cover in the next intermediate time, definitely let me know. Feedback is always appreciated. Good, bad, or indifferent. Danny LaRue, NBA at gmail.com is the best way. Twitter's fine too, at Danny LaRue. But if you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. I can't promise I'll respond because if I did, it will be a lot of time. But I do read everything because it's important to me. So you can check that out. And if you want to support the show, there are a lot of wonderful ways you can do it. You can leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player of your choosing. You can subscribe, download every episode, particularly great with a show like this that comes out intermittently. 
And you can spread word however you see fit using the internet, telling friends, everything like that. This is something that not everybody knows about. I still get people, I mean, I've been doing this show for a few years now and still get people saying, oh, I didn't know you did your own podcast. And if you like it, check it out. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. I, I make something that is a different product, but I do, I am really proud of it. So can do that. And then of course, the best way to support this show and any other show that has them is by supporting our advertisers. And Bombfell is very cool. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Got, got some really nice clothes. Looking forward to the next set that my stylist is going to send to me. I actually haven't had the first approval process and then you're going to mail them and all that sort of stuff. But I'm very excited about that. Bombfell.com slash RealGM, B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L. And you can check that out there. Really excited for the actual season start. That's kind of why I ended the episode with Arturo with some of that large scale stuff is because that is really where my mind is going at this point. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day.